What's up, gamers, and welcome back to the Super Scope Podcast. Your wrap up in this week's biggest gaming stories, leaks, and rumors. We're back with episode 48 on October 2nd. I am your host, Retrogated, and of course, joining me as always is my co host, Daisuke Aurora of Phoenix Aurora Gaming. Feel free to join the discussion live on Twitch and in my Discord, or if you're watching this on YouTube, tap and like that subscribe button. Um, if you want to um, let us know what we're doing or anything that we're missing in the comments, go ahead and do that. Uh, you can always find the audio versions of our podcasts on uh, such fine services as Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon's podcast offering as well. Um, sir, how are you this week? I'm good. Doing nice. uh, some heckin' heckin' video game stuff. <laughs> nice. I'm here for the here for the video game stuff. The Quip Show. Yeah. Sending in um, a sub. Thanks Dang. for sub. Long time. Long time indeed. Thank you, sir. Twenty months. We've been doing this for twenty months. He subscribed um, when we first started. Oh yeah. So yeah, appreciate you. Thank you for that. Um, thank you for supporting this channel for oh, well over a year. Well appreciated. All right. So what do we have going on here? Let's talk about the state of the stream. Um, we had, what did we do last week? We played some Phasmo. No, we didn't play Phasmo. Your computer broke. So we're playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Shredders. Yeah, we played Turtles. Yeah. It was a good time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, look, I won this cup for being the best turtle. <laughs> nice. Except for I wasn't Mikey. I was... Forget who I was. Who even was I? Leo? I think it was Leo. Maybe. You cowed the bunga, man. I think Blair was Mikey. <laughs> Maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, Claire yeah, Claire was Mikey. Um Love you, Ray kept going back and forth between characters. She just oh, could, yeah. she just couldn't make up her mind. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah. and then her brother played with us as well. She what was he? Mm -hmm. Um I can't remember what character he Raph. was. I think Raph. Raph. He's always Raph. Fair enough. And I did uh, Splinter. I was going to do Casey Jones, and I went, did Splinter at the last second. I enjoyed him. He's all right. Mm -hmm. Not, doesn't stand out. Yeah. Just kind of get all around her. Right. Um, so this month, we're going to be focusing on a lot of scoop, uh, spooky games. And we're moving the podcast, if you have not heard, to YouTube. So we'll be heading over to YouTube um, towards the end of the month. And uh, we'll be taking a break on, was it the 23rd? Yes, so we will not have a podcast Sunday the 23rd. Our last two episodes on Twitch will be the 9th and 16th. And then we'll be back to the 30th for the uh, the new and improved YouTube version of the Superscope podcast. <laughs> there you um, go. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, Jackbox be popping off last night. We had a big, big, uh, big turnout for viewers. Definitely a big turnout for players. Um, had a good time. Played some, played some games we haven't played in a while. Um, Again, games that we're revisiting because we can now, <laughs> without the fear of being right. bitched at. So, oh my god, the uh, trivia game! I was like, holy shit, I forgot this game existed. Yeah, I forgot the, how much uh, fun it was. Wheel, yeah, yeah, like the big wheel. I was like, dude, right. I'm so worried about people not having any fun because it's been ingrained in my brain that like opening that program just causes causes chaos. So, <laughs> it's we're um, good now. Uh, Quip says that there's changes coming to Twitch and pissed off streamers, wondering if that's what prompted the shift. I think that was part of it, but I think it was already so in the works. We were already going to shift over to YouTube because Twitch is just not conducive for podcasts. It's just not the environment for it, and it is what it is. Um, yeah. You know, you, you don't hold concerts at Starbucks. The same reason you don't have podcasts on Twitch. It doesn't make any sense. Um, 
So we're going to be moving over there. It just happened to coincide with like just the anger and outrage. So we figured, fuck it, we're going to surf that that vibe and, and head on over to YouTube anyway. So, right, we're going to keep streaming stuff on this. On this, I think I'm going to focus on um, sending a lot more of the content that we have on here to YouTube. And um, with that, yeah. um, Claire is going to start taking up a little bit more of a background role. Doing like a, I gave her an editor role in the Twitch channel today, and. Um, we're gonna have more clips. We're gonna have more highlights, and it's you know, like sound clips and stuff that we can send to other um, mediums like TikTok, YouTube, etc. So, there you go. Yeah, good times. So, <laughs> uh, what else do we have? What are we playing this week? Are you playing anything new? Anything special? Playing again on um, your Switch because your PC's down? Yeah, yeah. So, why well, we did Turtles on Tuesday? Mm -hmm. Um. I've been doing some Vampire Survivors again, Ooh. and that game actually has a bunch of content that got added since we've been away. Um, Interesting. There's there's a whole like new stage called like the Moon Glow or something, um, and like so it's really cool. The way the stage starts off is like you know all those remember how Vampire Survivors is like weapons and then mm -hmm. items, mm -hmm. and then like a lot of the items are like improvements to like you know extra projectiles or help like heal faster yada yada right. Um, so in the Moonglow stage, all 16 items are all available from the beginning. They're all on the floor already in the four corners right there where you start. Mm -hmm. Um, there's four here, four here, four here, four here, and you can pick up all 16 because as you remember in Vampire Survivors, you can, once you've gotten your six slots filled, you can still keep picking up ones on the ground mm -hmm. to get extra. So you can actually pick up all 16 items immediately and have them all for the whole run. Um, and then you don't have that situation where you get to the high leveling where like, you run out of things to get and you start getting bags of money and food because you have so many items to fill. You have 16 slots to fill all the way to five. You just keep getting items. Um, so that's really interesting. Um, there's a vendor who spawns there too in the, near the beginning and he sells you a couple of weapon options and he also sells you a golden egg which permanently bumps the stats of the character you're playing by a small amount, like a random stat by a small amount or something. So hmm. you can sort of grind the characters up higher than they start. Right. Permanently. And then you can pay 10 grand to unlock him in every other stage. So if you want to do that in other stages, he'll spawn at the beginning and you can drop him money to get weapons and, and uh, boost your character permanently and stuff. So it's, it's interesting. Cool. It makes some... And then if you make it to... The stage only goes for 15 minutes, and if you get near the 14-minute mark, all these eyes start spawning and circling the character, hmm. and like an angel thing shows up. And if you kill the angel before the 15-minute mark, before death shows up, you get to go to another stage that's like a special stage where all your stuff gets stripped out of you and you have to walk a hallway and avoid enemies to get mm -hmm. another power up and unlocks a whole other thing. There's, there's all kinds of stuff they've added since we've been away. So that's it's pretty, pretty crazy. Cool. You'll have to go back and check that out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then Daimyo and I did a couple round, a couple nights of um, Isaac, Binding of Isaac, which has been fun. That game is wild. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's just so many permutations that can happen that you get some really wacky stuff. We had one, Daimyo's character... He had a like an item where he could every time he took damage, it would copy whatever his equipped item was, and his equipped item would like heal him by one heart, so he could just take damage infinitely. Anytime hmm. he took damage, he'd heal the one heart that he took, right? Um, and then he got a thing where every time he took damage, his character sprite got bigger, and so we just and we had a thing to like we had like unlimited bombs for a golden bomb thing. So at one point we were just like. I kept using my attack to like put bombs on him and blow him up, and his character would get bigger, and his character would get bigger, and his character sprite—it's it, only per room, so like right. you left the room and it reset. But like 
his character was the size of the entire screen, and you couldn't see me anymore or anything in the room anymore. <laughs> oh, no. He's like, he's like, more, bigger, and we kept hitting him, and it was like, oh my god, we were in tears, dude. And then we Absolutely just walked out, and everything was normal again. But like, you get some crazy, crazy runs. I love how it's like almost game-breaking at that point, but it still provides like a <laughs> level of fun. Right, right, yeah. Well, because like, you'd have to go out of your way to make it like become a problem, right? We sure. had to sit there and shoot him. 80 times before he was too big to like be a problem or whatever right um no that's a fun game it's it's cool to get into um and i think that's it i did isaac and i did vampire survivors i guess that's pretty much it cool um well i've been playing the shit out of cyberpunk like Mm -hmm. big time um i haven't even like the heist mission that we were talking about last night or last week that um it's kind of like the entry into the game where spoilers um your friend dies and then then you're kind of like loose out into the world and you can really sandbox the game i haven't even done yeah. that yet and i've just been like running like any kind of downtime i have i've just been doing like gigs like just kind of like side questing and my mm-hmm. character is like pretty high level already so it'll be nice to go into that mission with a lot of options that i didn't have originally playing it yeah and see how it plays differently or how it feels differently at least obviously the outcome's static so it's it is what it is there but um right yeah, so I'm having fun with that. Yeah, that game is still, it's top, it went back up to normal price. It's still top five on Steam. Still getting over yep. 100,000 concurrent players every day. Um, insane to see the turnaround on this. Uh, I oh, think yeah. it hit 20 million, 20 million games sold, or 20 million units sold so far. Um, so it's certainly had a, a humongous turnaround time in, uh, what is it, about two years since release now? Yeah, just about. It was supposed to be kind of like the big flagship. Um, new gen game and that just didn't really uh, meet expectations at the time i mean honestly the first two years of like quote unquote next gen gaming current gen now um really just missed the mark i feel on all right. systems um again i can't stress this enough or can't say it enough um I, I i just think that those consoles came out two years too early and we just don't have any anything to really show for it we have a lot of games that are just re- being remastered on current gen a lot of games that were supposed to be flagship launch titles, Halo Infinite, um, that just kind of, you know, ate shit. So, yeah, that's kind of where we are with the current state of gaming in general. And this hasn't been like exactly what I would call a heavy year of gaming in the first place. Yeah, it's it's funny because I feel like out of like the the current PS5, Xbox One, what is it, Xbox Series X? Mm-hmm. Their naming conventions always mess with me. Um, X and S, yeah. I don't, I don't. When PlayStation Four came out, there wasn't anything at launch. That's kind of just how game console launches tend to be. There's usually not much. Um, but they put Infamous Second Son out pretty quick, and Infamous Second Son was a pretty good example of what the PlayStation Four could do early in its lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, what did we have for that on the PS Five? Like Returnal, I guess. Yeah, probably the closest like to big... like a. A close to launch title that did a good showcase of what it could handle. Right. Um, how long did it take to get um, Jack and Daxter? Right. Or no, Ratchet and Clank. I mean, Ratchet and Clank. That was did a pretty good job, probably, right? Because they, they were not necessarily a launch title, but it came out shortly after that released. Yeah, because I think that was the same thing. Like Ratchet was showing what you could do with like the the high processing power. You could have these world transformations happening, mm-hmm. and the, the engine could run it. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just, there's... As of right now, there's still nothing on the PS5 that's like, holy shit, I need a 5 to play it. Right. Um, that, unfortunately, probably changes for me in a year-ish, because I'm pretty sure 7 Remake Part 2 is only going to be next gen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they've confirmed that, but they tried to do that with the DLC for 7 Remake Part 1, 
and then they backpedaled it, but I don't think they'll be doing that with the entire second part. I think that, at that point, they'll just bite the bullet and say, no, it's next-gen only. Uh, do, um, we, do we get confirmation if that's going to be a timed exclusive on PS5 again? No idea. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if the whole deal right. was one big deal wrapped up, but I couldn't say Same. for sure. Um, and then I want to say Final Fantasy 16 is probably next-gen only. I'm going to oh, guess. Oh, 100%. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. There's no universe like, that's on the PS4. Yeah, I was like, again, I don't know if we got confirmation of that or not, but I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure it's next gen only and and whatever. Yeah, I, I think we're starting um, to finally see ga games transfer, just kind of just moving over to just PS5, Xbox Series mm -hmm. X and S only. Um, with the exception of like that, uh, was it Resident Evil 4 remake that we were expecting it yeah. to kind of be on a PS5 only? We were all surprised that it was on PS4, and everyone's kind of wondering, mm -hmm. like, oh, is this actually even going to take advantage of the new now current gen consoles? Uh, it, people yeah. are kind of worried that because it's going to be on the older gen or older generations, that it's just not going to meet, um, I would say next gen standards at this point. So, <laughs> I guess we'll have to see because. From what I remember from Resident Evil 4, if they do it right, you could probably optimize the hell out of that game. Mm -hmm. Like, none of the set pieces are very big. There's never a lot going on in any individual area. Like, you're in a lot of rooms and single rooms. Sure. Maybe, like, out in the village near the beginning and a couple of parts where you're, like, walking through, like... But, like, even in, like, the castle, like, you're in castle rooms, then you're in, like, the little hedge mazes. So with some, with some time and some efficient optimization, I bet you can have most of, like the draw doesn't to be nothing at all given times because like you're in like the hedge maze and you can literally make things not render until like they're in front of you like sure i think i think you can optimize the hell out of that game and that's probably why it's on ps4 um but i mean you know we'll talk about it when it comes out and we'll get to we'll break it down and see if it's good optimization or if they just like shit came the ps4 version or something yeah i mean we'll see it's supposed to be an over a, a complete remake not not just a remaster so yeah yeah of course it's going to be ground up so you know what we know of Resident Evil 4 from the past is probably it could be a completely different experience from you know going forward. That's true, yeah. We might we might get a we might get cloud in there. <laughs> nice. No, um oh and then Kingdom Hearts 4, I have to imagine is only gonna be next gen. Um probably. Given given what we saw of like the that the the couple trailers we have that show like end game rendering, I don't think the PS4 is gonna like rendering those realistic looking cities. Yeah, that from that trailer we got where they're right? in like the realistic quote unquote world. Yeah. So um, it's like they're in the uh, Unreal Five Engine world. Yes. Well not just that, but like the the area that we saw Sora running around in was like way more uh busy, I wanna call it. Like there was people running around, there was cars driving, there was and you were like flying up the side of the thing and then going down the side of the buildings and shit, and there was a lot of stuff happening. That Three was already pushing the PS4, I think. Yeah. Um, so I think four is probably going to be a next gen lock only. But I guess we'll see. But uh, yeah, it'll go on my list. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next, um, I've definitely been playing with the Steam Deck a lot again this week, having a lot of fun mm -hmm. on it. I absolutely love it. that. That thing's been my like portable daily driver since since I got it. Um, mm -hmm. Botticera is coming to. It's actually out there. They have they have a beta. Um, of Botticera on the Steam Deck now, so if you want the Botticera OS, you want to run a full emulation thing, you can dump it right on an SD card, or run it from the SD card, it runs smooth as hell, so you have emulation, I think, all the way up to, like, PlayStation 3, um, 
So you know, if you have your game backups and stuff you want to play on that, it's it's there. I mean, I I saw it was ETA Prime. He's he does a great YouTube channel. I would highly recommend watching him and following him on YouTube. Um, he always does like portable game breakdowns and all kinds of stuff. So he definitely did like a really good breakdown of how Botticera works, and he's already a huge fan of it. So he I would definitely check that out. That's that's really good. Um, also, boot screens. Um, custom boot screens are hitting the Steam Deck, and I saw one on Twitter the other day. It was like the Fraser intro, where it like draws the city skyline, oh and I'm like, I'm there saw for it. That. I'm there. So I saw someone said they put they got scrambled eggs in their Steam Deck or something. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I saw like, oh <laughs> they did a Futurama one that looks really good. Um, I can't really show them on it's here cool. because it's a bunch of copyrighted music. So um, again, mm -hmm. you can find them on on YouTube. They're out there. Check them out. Um, but yeah, I'll be I'll definitely be putting the Fraser one on mine. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely stoked for it. <laughs> That's amazing. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I get like a custom opening for like the, the what's going on in there, Jerry. He's like, what's going on in there? Some oh Kramer. And he's God. like, play video games. <laughs> Playing Steam Deck, Derek. Oh, Playing Steam Deck. Love it. Oh, man. All right. Well, social media accounts. Uh, I do have a new one. Super Scope Cast on Twitter. That is just for the podcast. So check that out. Um, you can find me at Game Dude Retro on Twitter, of course. And then, of course, I'm here on Twitch. Uh, at Retro Game Dude, and then I'm also on YouTube, uh, Retro Game Dude as well. So let's move into our sponsor. HandheldLegend.com slash Retro Game Dude. If you want to save $10 off your first purchase, you can get all kinds of cool shit, like backlit screens for your Game Boy Color, backlit screens for your Neo Geo Pocket, backlit screens for your Game Boy Advance. You see a theme here? All kinds of cool stuff. Screens or backlight screens. Right. What's going on in there? We're backlighting everything, Jerry. Um, <laughs> backlighting everything, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So head on over to Retro Game, or I'm sorry, handheldlegend.com slash Retro Game Dude, or use Retro Game Dude at uh, code at checkout to get $10 off your first purchase. I get a kickback on that, and I reinvest that into the channel, so you're helping me out a ton by doing that, and you can get cool accessories for your games, like travel pouches, display stands to make your friends jealous of all the cool shit you have, assuming you have friends, um, you all kinds of stuff. So. You know, I was in the other day, and I got I got a stand for my Game Boy Advance SP Lite new 3DS Pro XL. Nice. Um, and I got a backlight for it. You did? Yep. That's backlight cool. for the stand. You got a backlight for your own stand? That's impressive. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. I feel like, I, feel like I, I need to tie this into a JoJo reference somehow, but I can't do it. No, please don't. <laughs> backlight your stands. You could backlight Zawarudo. You could. I don't know enough about JoJo <laughs> to get those references. So <laughs> I watched like the first couple episodes, and I didn't... like. So, okay. So I was watching it. I got into like a, a hair... And I was like, I don't know what this is. This this is all nuts. Uh, and I think I was playing like Switch games, and it was just became like a thing in the background. I really wasn't paying attention to it. So by the time we got yeah, to like right. Dickensian New York, um, <laughs> like Victorian New York, I'm like, who are these people? What's <laughs> yeah. uh, so. happening? Yeah, um, you've uh, you've watched more JoJo than I have. I've literally only seen like a couple of fights that have been pointed out to me, and that's it. But nice. I know like some of the memes from the show because of that now. So like, fair enough. I figure I better start I'm, watching it before it becomes five hundred fucking episodes, and I'm like, well, I'm never gonna watch uh, it. Dude, now. yeah, it's getting there. <laughs> I think there's like six different things now, right? I think, I think, I think Stone Ocean, the new one, is like the sixth like iteration. They don't like they don't do like seasons. They do like the name of it is like it's like it's, it's a telling a story in a certain time, 
and then the next one is a different name, and the next one's a different name, and it's like mm-hmm. the ancestors of the previous JoJo's. Right. So like, I didn't each know one that. Is like the kid or grandkid or something of the next one. Right. Um, I didn't know that until so, recently too. So. Yeah. So I think they're on like the sixth one now. Wild. So like each season's like its own little story arc. They're not necessarily numbered. Yeah, they're, they're they're contained, and you can you can do them individually too, which is nice because you can sit down and watch one of them. Mm-hmm. And the worst you're missing is like cameos of like. Like like in the one that's popular with Dio, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know the names of them, so I'm not even gonna try. I think it's I think it's I don't even know. I'm not even gonna try it. It's fine. Um, so that one with Dio and the JoJo that you see like in the memes and everything, um, there's an old man traveling with them who is like his grandfather, and that Jo he's also JoJo from the previous like season. He's the JoJo from then, and now he's an old man. Um, and then in one of them, like, Dio's kid is the next JoJo because I think it's Giovanni Giorno. Mm-hmm. It's, he's actually the son of, of Dio instead of JoJo. So it's a different, it's a branch off that family line. And then I, I don't know who the new one is. The new one, uh, Jolene, she's, I don't know how she's related. But I have to imagine they've stuck to, with that trope of her being somehow related to the family. Right. Because Giorno was related because Dio had <clears throat> stolen Joestar blood to power himself up. So technically, um, having his grandson or whoever, or his kid Dio, or Gio, was still in, like, the JoJo, the Joestar bloodline, right? Because he had stolen that blood to, to power himself up or whatever. I don't fucking know, man. Like, I, I, I have passing knowledge of this show. <laughs> More than I know. <laughs> yeah. Claire's frustrated with our lack of knowledge, it looks like. Um, maybe if she shows up to a... Um, Movie night some night we'll watch some JoJo instead of uh of that. What ha- what happened to all the what happened to all the JoJo's? <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Did you see that he has another crying video? No, I think Claire's... someone I think I, I scrolled by and didn't stop to watch it and I feel bad that I didn't yeah. watch it now. Claire Claire said it to me this morning. I was dying. Uh we'll watch it after the show. It's amazing. Oh my god. Oh my god. I thought we were supposed to care for the marginalized people. Oh man! So anyway, amazing. <laughs> we got we got some stories on deck. It was a light week for gaming news. That's all right. I, yep. I could use a, a a short podcast once in a while. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, first up, let's dig into our quick headlines here. Um, rumor allegedly. Google or Google Diablo Four uh, leaked screenshots, reveals map world, uh, character customization menu, and more. Um, I do have these screenshots here. I am not showing them because I am avoiding takedowns. But if you head on over to twistedvoxel.com, you will see that they have a Diablo Four article spread about all the all the screenshots here. Kind of going over a character creation, um, the world maps, the over kind of like some gameplay of like the overworld. And some skill tree stuff, so it looks pretty good. It looks pretty intense. Um, obviously, a lot of controversy tied around it with the pay pay to play stuff on their mobile version of the game, and people are very worried, obviously, about that too. So, um, right. yeah, we'll see this. I, I I would assume we'll probably see some takedowns of the of these leaks here in the next twenty four hours, and that's why I am explicitly not showing them on here. Um, yep. So, yep, we'll move on. Um, another rumor that broke out today. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn getting a remaster. Um, it's claimed. I, again, hmm. here we are with more remasters on current-gen consoles of of games that aren't very old. 
Um, we just right. got a The Last of Us remake after getting a remaster, like six months apart. Uh, weird right. flex. So it looks like we're getting a remaster of Horizon Zero Dawn as well. Um, I would imagine they'll probably. I, I don't know if they'll. Well, you think they'll upgrade, like pay, like a you pay the difference to upgrade to like the PS5 version, or is this going to be treated as like a whole different game now? Hard to say because like. There's been plenty of times, like, like in the PS3 to PS4 gen, there was a lot of, like, $10 upgrade stuff happening. Like, mm-hmm. even games like Minecraft had that, like, if you own the last-gen version, it's only 5 bucks for the next one. Or if you... All the sports games had the $10 upgrades. A lot of, uh... A lot of games did that $10 jump. Mm-hmm. But I didn't notice that. PS4, PS5 didn't seem like that happened a lot. I think Final Fantasy Remake maybe had something like that, but it was only if you went to the deluxe version mm. you paid like 10 or 20 bucks but you got the deluxe version and the next gen like built in i don't remember right i don't think it's been something that's been talked about or pushed this gen very much not like it was when the ps4 came out right oh um, no yeah so I, I mean if they do let you just upgrade i would say to pick this up because it's ten dollars digitally on playstation store right now so at the sure. end of the day you might have another 10 bucks you gotta pay to get the upgrade remaster i don't know if they're going to treat this like a separate game or not i i think that kind of stuff has come to an end with this generation so far but i, I don't know I, I feel like that too so i'm not sure though yeah all right um next up uh saudi arabia is eyeing up um they, they have been investing in game companies for quite some time they're um eyeing up becoming um basically a major acquisition player in, in gaming studios right now and mm-hmm. We're seeing this more and more. Tencent's changing their strategy. They're going to start um, acquiring studios, not just becoming like you know partial stakeholders in them. And um, Microsoft as well. Uh, we'll talk about this here in a little bit. Um, but yeah, Microsoft. All three of these companies are, are talking about majorly buying up studios. Microsoft saying that they want to start accruing Japanese studios. And I think they were talking about how uh, with the Game Pass, it's just it would become too expensive to pay all the licensing to get these games on it. So there, it would cheaper be cheaper to just acquire studios and put it on Game Pass, which on paper <laughs> and out loud seems town. It sounds terrible. Um, it's just, it sounds you're, like it's, you're creating this unsatiable monster that's just going to eat more studios and more studios up to keep itself alive. And it's like, you can never satisfy that. And I mean, who, who, who loves a good game crash once in a while? Because what, what comes with that? A, a giant, too big to fail monster in a marketplace doing whatever it takes to make money at any right. expense—that can't possibly go wrong. Right. Exactly. Whenever we ever see that fail. <laughs> yeah. So this oh boy, this is becoming alarming, at least for the gaming industry. Hey, um, hang on, Microsoft. Microsoft is known for not doing things at a loss. They won't just take a loss for no reason just to <laughs> screw the people out of a business. Right. Yeah. So it's becoming a huge issue um, <laughs> with like you know companies. Just, making these acquisitions just to keep stuff exclusive, just to mm-hmm. influence or, or make money off of. And the, the games and the game quality continues to suffer. I will say I am a big fan of what Saudi Arabia is doing in the chess scene, though. <laughs> What's that? They... Women play for the first time? Uh, well, yeah, that's a, that's a problem. No, um, they're... So there. So the rumors are, and the rumor is coming from me. I'm making the rumor up right now. Um, there's a rumor out there that we're getting a next gen version of chess on the PS5 and Xbox One X, um, and the Switch too, which is also coming soon. Also rumored by me. Um, 
And as part of the DLC for the game, different countries are putting in different pieces, and you can have pieces from different parts of the world. So like, if you, you can collect pieces from certain areas. And in, a, in Saudi Arabia, you can collect knights, like the horses. So you can have Saudi Arabian knights. No? Thanks for tuning in, guys. We will see you next week. <laughs> but it has its own song. It plays the song when you move the piece. Oh, no. Not the Aladdin song. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> that was a big sprawling uh, setup for that joke, but it I was, had to make it. It was. Uh, it was. I appreciate the effort. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's keep going here. PlayStation Stars launches today in Asia and will be launching, I believe, the 5th. Um, in the United States, and this is another service um, that I don't know if anyone asked for, but um, it looks like it's just kind of like you. I don't, I don't know if you pay much money for pay any money for this, but you unlock like collectible digital collectibles. There are tiers to it, um, and mm. then the, I, they accidentally said the quiet part out loud, where like the Stars Gold membership, you get better customer service, and it's like. Like why? Why? Why is this? Why is this a thing? <laughs> yeah, it to me it, it it feels like to me that it was an NFT thing that they had the sense right. to like strip the NFT part before it hit the market. Yeah, and just be like, oh, it's a loyalty program with digital collectibles and stuff. And like, I think that was supposed to be in there, or some kind of crypto sure. thing was supposed to be in there. And then they were like. Nobody likes this. It's crashing. Why don't we just quietly pull that out since no one's been told about it yet and it hasn't really leaked yet? Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I think if you had internal access to like the documents, you could see like the iterations. I think you would see that at one point it was an NFT or a crypto. Oh, 100%. Thing. You can get a, a play, collectible PlayStation with an individualized serial number on it, which makes it have value. Well, because right. you know what? It rings, it rings just like Starbucks, who also like within a week or two from this podcast launched, uh, their loyalty program, which does have an NFT component, and it sounds almost identical to what Stars is doing, right? Except, you know, Starbucks is doing an NFT part, and they're not telling people that it's—they're not really mentioning NFT anywhere. They're just quietly being like, "Yeah, it is an NFT." Mm-hmm. Um, whereas PlayStation like didn't mention NFTs and has quietly just been like, "Oh no, it's not an NFT." I'm not even sure if they actually said that. I think they did, right? Didn't they mention that it's... Or no, they just didn't mention anything about it. Yeah, they just didn't say anything about the trading Right. So right now, it's it looks like it's only collectible and not tradable. So... See, that's the thing. Starbucks is just tradable, which is what's causing there to be a whole market, right. which is causing the speculation, which is the problem yeah. with all that stuff. Oh, yeah. So it says here, there are two types of rewards, loyalty points and digital collectibles. Points can be redeemed in a catalog that may include PS wallet funds, exclusive digital collectibles, and uh, select PlayStation Store products. So this almost sounds like Bing Rewards that's kind of tied into Microsoft's ecosphere. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. But it just seems like I, I, there's there's a smoking gun here that there was evidence of like, you know, NFT integration with this and i'm just glad it's not there yeah hopefully they don't yeah. like boil the frog and then add it back in with the right marketing and just not ever call it a net nft but yeah oh uh, can i can i petition that the phrase boil the frog becomes um crash crash the bandicoot racing yeah nice yes crash, crash the bandicoot crash, crash team the racing <laughs> Oh man! It was like that was that was like the most blatant example of that happening, where they yeah. were like, 
Uh-huh. No, it's not going to have it at all. What are you talking about? And then the game came out, and then, like, they waited, like, three weeks, and they were like, cash up. <laughs> yep. like, like, <laughs> oh, all the reviews are out, and they can't take them out, down again? <laughs> yeah. Egregious. The get, yeah, the game's got a green light on Metacritic. Well, now we can put it in. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are they going to do? Oh, man. It's so bad. <laughs> oh, man. Churlish and insubordinate. Yeah. Um. All right. So next up, we have uh, Netflix is building their own internal game studio because why not um so we have here uh today uh this is from their vp of game studios uh amir rahimi uh today i am excited to announce that we are establishing an internal game studio in helsinki finland with marco i'm not going to try to pronounce that as studio director this is another step in our vision to build a world-class game studio that will bring a variety of delightful and deeply engaging original games with no ads and no in-app purchases to our hundreds of millions of members around the world. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I, Weird. like many people, I, I don't think I don't have much faith in the execution of this. It just seems like a little desperate. And I think Netflix is honestly being positioned to be bought out by Microsoft at this point. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see something like that happen, but we'll see. I, I don't know. The um, Netflix gamings hasn't really got off off on a, on a right foot already, um, with a lot of people um, saying, "I didn't even know Netflix had games." So, and oh, yeah. the execution of it just seems kind of weak. It's just it seems like it's it's in their mobile app, and then it just takes you to the Google Play Store. Yep. To download the games, which kind of doesn't seem like it's much of an innovation. Well, and it's also like. From a branding perspective, it's like, what is happening, right? It's like, mm-hmm. imagine if, okay, if I went to, like, Kentucky Fried Chicken, and the brand for that is Kentucky Fried Chicken, right? right. Mm-hmm. And they serve things that are complementary to it. They serve things like mac and cheeses, and they do breads, and they do potatoes and gravies, and they do all these foods that we're used to that you would sit down at a table with fried chicken and have with it, right? And then in the middle of all that, there's like, yeah, we have all these foods, we have all these foods, and then, like, this over here, that's borscht. And you're like why do you guys serve borscht? And they're like, well, you know, we're diversifying our catalog. And it's like, I don't think anybody comes here even remotely expecting that food to be here. Right. It's like, and and we see that all the time. Look at how many times they've had, like, places like McDonald's or Burger King add random shit to their menu, like hot dogs or tacos, and then be like, oh, yeah, nobody's buying it. And it's like, well, maybe because people don't go to a place called Burger King for tacos. Maybe they go to the Taco Bell for tacos. I don't know. Is right. that weird, maybe? Like, it just... I would have never thought Netflix would have games unless someone told me. And then even then, it's like, what part of Netflix makes me think it's a place to go play games? Like, what? Right. <laughs> At that point, you'd be better off. Netflix would have been better off, in my opinion, doing some sort of like DoorDash, Grubhub, like factor roundup thing in. So it could be like, yeah, you know, dinner Netflix, you watch your movie. Right. Yeah, dinner to movie or get a snack for your movie. Like, that at least thematically makes sense. And it would be like, if my Netflix membership got me 10% off Grubhub, you know, I probably wouldn't, but like maybe people would order Grubhub more knowing they had this tie in. Like that makes a lot more sense to me than like, Oh yeah, by the way, we're like making games now. Yeah. But yeah. And Netflix one stop for movies, shows and uh, baseball caps because they do that now. Right. It's like, finally we're getting games (laughs) to the true crime crowd. I, like I just yeah uh, yeah I don't get it. Um, I mean I think they've kind of dipped in that before. They did like mobile games for like Stranger Things to push that when it mm-hmm. came out, 
And at least that was like Stranger Things is a show of like already around like a game economy and a game or like a game culture. So I get that, but like just generally, that seems weird. Yeah, I mean it's called Netflix and chill for a reason. It's people just use it as background noise to fuck over. That's it. So <laughs> yeah, and how am I supposed to do that when I got my phone out and I'm trying to like right. play Tetris or something? Exactly. Like, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> stupid. Anyway, um, so I guess. Uh, we saw a couple weeks ago some accusations with Ubisoft and harassment, not just of the sexual kind. Um, and then Ubisoft's CEO, was a CEO um, came back with um, Ubisoft suggests developer development requires friction. Oh um, God, yeah. As publisher deals with cultural crisis, um, according to GameDeveloper.com. So. Yeah, not not a great look here um, when you're commenting on the, your um, culture of your company and just the way you treat your employees, especially when you, there's accusations of harassment on, on right. the doorstep here. So, yeah, it's not a great look. Um, the original interview, unfortunately, is in French, and I don't, I don't read nonsense, so... <laughs> You can go back and read it if you want. Um, but yeah, to, to um, imply that um, misconduct is acceptable and the friction is is needed is just gross and toxic as shit. So I just... You know what? Yeah, that's shitty. You know what I've seen a lot of this year from game developers the last like year, maybe year and a half that feels really shitty? A lot of game mm -hmm. devs for some reason have this like boomer mentality of like, you know, like, you know, like that old, like, hard work ethic that, like, your grandpa always talks about where he's like, right. when I was your age, we would go out and mow lawns and we'd only get a dollar and we'd be happy we got a dollar, like, bootstraps, like, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, it feels like that, like, I think it's always been there, but it's like, it's starting to, like, get called out and bubbling up in places. And you're seeing random devs from big companies just be like, yeah, we love crunching. It's what makes the game happen. Yeah, crunch is great. It's the only way to get stuff done. Right. Yeah, we were, you know, oh, yeah, of course these people, you know, if you're not really going to sit there for 60 hours a week or 70 hours a week, you're not really committed. And it's like, where the fuck are these people coming yeah. from? Sometimes you just have to sexually harass your employees just to keep them guessing. Yeah, yeah you never know. Sometimes you got to. Sometimes you got to drink the breast milk. It's already there in the, it's already in the break room. Yeah, like, it's why not? practically a condiment. Like, it's, it's, it's a community fridge. I thought it was for everyone. Right. I cannot, I cannot get over that one. That one was absolutely baffling that somebody made that decision and was like, this is, yes, this is the decision I'm going to stick to. Like, yeah, holy just, shit. the tone deafness of a response like this is just embarrassing. Um, I, right. don't, I, I don't know, to say something like that, to say that some friction is justifiable or just a shitty toxic environment is justifiable to, in the, in the, just in the process of creating a game is, step down worthy like time to retire well, and, we, yeah, and we keep getting these these dudes keep coming out and doing this like all boys club shit where they're right. just like oh you know it happens oh you know boys will be boys like what are we supposed to do like ha like enforce a culture in our company by making sure people don't be pieces of shit to each other how would we do that what would we even do like that's uh, the weirdest shit to watch mm -hmm. um and then and then what was it we had the guy from unity who was an ex like Activision guy or EA guy, and he like was just like, "Well, if you're not trying to make a bunch of money on your game, like you're an idiot." And it was like, "What? What if a lot of people just make games because they enjoy them?" Like, right? Yeah, yeah it's I, fucking I, insane. Not everyone makes a game just to min max and squeeze as much profit out of it as possible. Um, Do you sure. see people all the time who like 
Like, like you know, the faith game that I told you you should play on stream. Mm-hmm. The first faith game was free. The second faith game is uh, on itch for like pay your own price, mm-hmm. which starts at like a dollar. So a lot of people are buying that game for a dollar. So like, but they're both great games, right? And now as a result, this dude's got the third one coming on Steam, and he's got the whole package coming, and like people are gonna pay good money to play that game because he's built up a following. But like that dude wasn't trying to make money. He didn't put out the first like faith and be like ten dollars. Uh, and then add DLC, and then add microtransactions. He didn't put out the second one, knowing the first one was really popular, because, like, Markiplier, Jacksepticeye, mm-hmm. Manly Badass Hero all played the original Faith when it came out. And then they played the demo for 2 when it came out. So when 2 actually dropped, that game could have been 15 bucks, 20 bucks, and people would have bought it. And he still put it up on itch for, like, pay your own price. Right. So, like, obviously this dude's not out here trying to make a killing on this game. He just wants people to experience what he's making. Sure. Um, and we see that all the time. Look at like the guys that made the guys at Finji that made Tunic. They could have charged more than thirty bucks for that game, but they didn't. That, um, they could have pulled Turtles out. could have been way more than thirty bucks. Oh, one hundred percent. They could have like, easily charged sixty dollars for Tunic at this point. Um, I think it would still mm-hmm. have been a success. Maybe not as widespread, but I think they sure, hit the right point, yeah. price point with that game with the quality that you got out of it. Look at how much content there is in Vampire Survivors, and that game is still like three or five dollars or some shit. Mm-hmm. I think it went up to like five dollars, but it was like it went up two dollars. But they've been adding co- like content to it all year, so it's like right. holy shit. And it was already a, it was already like an absolute bank heist of a steal <laughs> at three dollars for the <laughs> amount of time you put in that game. Fuck yeah! So it's, yeah, there are people out there who really want people to enjoy their products and don't care about you know. I, I, I don't know, taking people over the like raking people over the coals for their games right. or whatever, like. And I don't think that yeah, that guy insane. who made the Vampire Survivors ever dreamed that it would be on Game Pass. Like, that, that, no, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, great for him. Absolutely, yeah. No, yeah, but it's just it's just like shit like that where it's like you 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 stack that up against like you know the new Assassin's Creed is going to come out and it's going to be sixty bucks. It might be seventy bucks on next gen. I don't remember if they're one of the ones doing that. Mm-hmm. Um. And it'll be like chock full of like you want costumes from this these games you want cost you want you want Connor's costume from three it's like four bucks you want this that and the other they're all in there and they're all like a couple dollars a piece uh, like holy shit it's gonna be like I I want to sit down I w- I wish I could just sit down with like AAA titles and just buy everything that you could buy from them and just total it up and be like this is how much you can actually spend in this game for all the content they give you and all the content they give you isn't like a ton more than we used to get because back in the day we used to just get that content included. For the price of the game, and now it's like because we have DLC and we have digital shops and we have the ability to make these things happen, those things can be added later. They can be pieced together like um, retrospectively or retroactively, and like thrown in for like a little bit of extra money on top. Like, that's yeah, wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, well, speaking of um, indie game studios here, uh, we have. Some strange and weird noise with a game that I love, uh, Disco Elysium. Yep. Um, saw a strange Twitter post um, posted the other day by one of the uh, developers and artists here. Um, let's take a look at that here. <clears throat> I, Martin Luiga, a founding member of the secretary and secretary of the ZAUM Cultural Association, um, as well as assembler of most of the core team, I am hereby dissolving the ZAUM. Uh, cultural association not to be confused with the ZAUM company on which subject I would note that neither Kurvitz, uh, Hindpeer, nor Rostov are working there since the end of the uh, year. And then, um, and they're leaving the company was involuntary. 
which would seem like a bad news for the loving fans who are waiting a disco sequel. Uh, the reason for dissolving right. the culture association um, is that it no longer represents the ethos that was founded on. People and ideas are meant to be eternal. Uh, organizations may well be temporary. I find the organization was successful overall, and most of the mistakes that were made uh, were contingent determined by the social culture, socioculture conditions we were thrown into. I still encourage people to organize, and I would say that one of the qualities of the ZAUM cultural organization sorely lacked was pretty much any formal structure. For a while, it was beautiful. My sincerest thanks to all that have rooted for us. Uh, Martin Lugia, and this is the weird part, um, the Talent and Patient and uh, Treatment Center of Psychiatry Clinic, Ward 9. Um, so I just, the, that bottom part just seems a little alarming, <laughs> the way he sucked off on it. Yeah. So I, I what don't. What in the world? So again, it just seems like there's something culturally strange going on at this studio. Um, and it doesn't look like. It looks like most of the key players that were behind Disco Elysium have left the company, as he says, involuntarily at the beginning of the year. And this is all news. So it's, it's kind of strange. It's kind of scary. Um, so I'm not sure if a dam is going to bust loose here with information about what's going on at this company here. Um, but yeah, strangely concerning. And um, at this point, as far as seeing a Disco Elysium sequel is probably slim to none. Yeah, that's what is, that's so bizarre. You know, <laughs> I'll be weird about this, but mm-hmm. I feel like if, I don't know. Something about that last part, like the Talon Inpatient Treatment Center or Psychiatric Clinic, Ward 9, that screams to me like an ARG. Like, like they're cluing us in that there's going to be content coming. See, that's what I said. Like, I have a puzzle to be I, solved later. I posted, I posted this on Twitter. I saw this post on Twitter and I replied, um, why does this feel like it's sliced out of Disco Elysium? Like, it just, something right. about this just seems strange. Well, it feels like, did you ever see, like, have you ever seen any ARG stuff before? I think I've probably yelled at you about it before. Possibly. Um, so, ARGs are like, uh, it's it's like alternate reality game. Mm-hmm. And what it usually stands for is like, because um, a, a lot of companies or, or games or movies will use these as marketing ploys. Where like, like uh, Halo 2 was a big one. Um, Cloverfield, the movie, did one. And like, what will happen is like, They'll start dropping clues for people that lets people like go digging on websites or go digging for information and piece together puzzles and solving the puzzles unlocks more puzzles and eventually it all turns into like a reveal of another game or like information about another game. So right. like the Halo 2 one, for example, was infamous. So a lot of people who are big names in the Halo community received the jar of honey, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, sure. And <laughs> in the honey, there was letters, like little confetti letters. Like you'd get it at like a dollar store, and if you if you took all the letters out of the honey and you arranged them on the table, you could make ilovebees.com out of it. And if you went to the website, there was a website called ilovebees.com, and it was like some cutesy '90s website that sold honey, or they, they didn't actually sell honey, but it was all about beekeeping and and uh, honey making and whatever. And as you moved around the page, one of the links on like the the like because you know you have like the site map of like you know home about us. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. One of them was broken, and when if you clicked on it, it would bring you to like a glitchy page where like the CSS would break and it would all go out of whack. 
And over time, new stuff would show up on the website that would, like, players could go back to the website over and over and keep looking, and they'd find little bits of this, little bits of that. There'd be things they could decode. There'd be things written in ASCII or written in, like, uh, like long-form code or, like, all these different, like, these different, like, uh, what are they called? Like, things to decipher. And um, eventually it led people to, like, it would give people information about, like, I think it was, like, uh, payphones, because they still had those back then. And it would give you, like, a payphone in an area near you, and they'd be like, this payphone, you know, 3.30 p.m. on Tuesday. And if you were there on time and you answered the phone, they would invite you to go to, like, a Halo 2 screening thing at one of the areas nearby. And they had all these, like, things set up. They gave you T-shirts for Halo 2. They gave you, like, your hands-on. You got to play the beta and stuff. It was wild. Um... Cloverfield did it with, like, they set up fake MySpace accounts for the characters from the film, mm -hmm. and they had multiple websites. One website for the slusho company that makes the drinks, one for the oil rig, oil rig drilling company, like, a bunch of different things. And you could sort together all the clues by doing it. Um, even Tunic has something like that running right now. Tunic has a secret at the end of the game you can get that links to a website that has mysterious things happening, and where players are waiting for progress on that. This feels like that. Like, having that thing at the it bottom, the, the psychiatric ward, it's very intentional and very bizarre, and it either is meant to make you think about the game itself in some way, or it's some sort of... It feels like it's like a tie. Like, it's supposed to be like, hey, we're going to do a thing, keep your eyes peeled. But, the, but, that, but that is such a weird... Um, the cadence but going between, like, we're dissolving our cultural group it hasn't worked out like it was supposed to. Several of our team members left, and then turning it into an ARG at the end feels weird, right? That's, like that's that, why I'm confused. It's like are those two things together. together. Yeah, or those two things for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I am also conflicted at this. I, it's just like, and I would, I, I mean, if he has like a mental health thing, then yeah, I, I'm concerned and I feel terrible. Right, exactly. Um, I don't want to sit here and if he's having a mental break and his team all quit or got fired, I don't want right. to sit here and be like, maybe this is a sequel, maybe this is another game. And in reality, the dude's like in an actual mental ward, and we're just being shitty over it. So it's like, right? Ah, oh, it's so weird. It, yeah, Wario sixty four posted this, and then I replied with like, why does this feel? Why does this read like it was sliced out of Disco Elysium? And people liked it because I just, I, it just seems like something something about this isn't adding up. That, yeah, that's kind of where I'm, that's where I'm at, at with this. So, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. as much as I'd love to see a sequel to Disco, um, I understand and respect that they wouldn't release one because uh, you know, well, I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to keep looking into it and keep an eye on it here. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe play with some anagrams after after the show with that signature and see if anything comes up. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, what else do we have next here? Um, Oh, Scorn is releasing a week early, so with all these delays that we've had, um, we have Scorn coming to us a week early, and it will be available October 14th. Um, and that will be going live on um, Game Pass. So Xbox folk uh, checking out Scorn, that will be available next week and ready to go. And um, for every other everyone else, that will be available for purchase next week, too. So... Nice to see in a year of immense amounts of delays, we have a game coming uh, a week early. So that's cool. Works. Yeah. Um, quick, quick, quick interjection. Mm -hmm. If you type in Talon Inpatient Treatment Center of Psychiatry Clinic Ward 9, mm -hmm. uh, if you Google search just that, you actually get a place 
on Google Maps called the Psychiatric Hospital in Tallinn, Estonia. I looked it up before the show. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. I, I didn't know if you knew already. Yeah, I looked... it, it is a real place, yeah. so I don't know. That's that's where I'm like, I don't know, maybe... I, I don't remember enough of the lore in the game to know if like maybe that area is in the game or mentioned in the game for it to be a, some kind of weird crossover. I don't know. We'll have to do a deep dive on this after the show and, and report back, but yeah, it's... Something about that's just not adding up to me. Yeah. Okay. That's weird. And what do we have next here? Slime Rancher 2 um, sells over 300,000 copies in less than a week. Um, for an indie nice. game, that is extremely impressive. Um, that has become a pretty um, popular game over time. And as much as I was clamoring for a uh, Switch version, it took years, but they finally did it. Um, <laughs> so no, it's good to see that. Uh, my daughter is also a huge fan of that. So... Yeah, we got yeah. that last week, and she's been having a blast with it ever since. So, yep, good nice. times. And then um, here's another big story to this week: um, Overwatch Two. Obviously, going free to play. Mm -hmm. Overwatch One ending here soon. Um, it looks like players will need to play at least a hundred matches to unlock all the original characters of the game. So, Saw that. it's um, here's why I don't have a problem with it. And I know this is going to be an unpopular opinion. But this is a great way to prevent Smurf accounts. Um, yeah. It's a great way for new players to get introduced to the game. And it's a great way for existing players to kind of be throttled a little bit, not just jump into it and just be sweaty right off the rip. So it kind of, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'm, like I said, I'm mixing about it because it's like, you know, people, obviously there's some expert players that don't want to have to go through all this to get to all this content. But uh, that's just kind of, I guess, where we're at with it. Um, so I guess over a hundred games or a hundred matches, um, there'll be roughly 32 characters to unlock. Um, that's about like one hero every three matches, roughly, give or take. That's not even that bad, honestly. It's really they not. It sounds a lot worse. They, they yeah. do. Um, and, and whoops. So, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's kind of rewarding. It, it's kind of, it kind of has like that game pass feeling to it, but it's not really necessarily a game pass. Um, right. But I don't think it's really that terrible because it's progressively every couple of matches you're unlocking something new. It gives you the opportunity to learn multiple characters, maybe characters that you wouldn't play in the first place. And it gives new players the opportunity to find something that a character that they're comfortable playing. So, um, well, yeah, and this isn't any worse than like Smash Brothers doing all those weird like you have to play so many matches to get a character to show up, or you have to do like X amount of time played to show a character to show up. Like, right? And even then, those are random. Like, this doesn't feel that bad. I don't get sure. like. And especially the game's free to play now, isn't it? So like, it's all free to play. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's going to have to go in a direction. Payment, like, yeah, instead of a six dollar payment, you've got some sort of time gating. I don't think it's in the world. Right. And I mean, I mean, we'll talk about this later. But I mean, even any games as a service is going to want to fight for your time, engagement, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it. So this is a obviously a great way for them to increase that engagement. Um, but yeah, it's obviously. I mean, it's not exactly what I would say uh, a popular thing right now a lot of people are clamoring against it but as someone who's like standing outside of this looking at why it kind of makes sense again yeah, because no, of the smurfing smurfing issues that a lot of these games as a service have where people can just smack an account and then if it gets banned they can just hop on another account um so it keeps it keeps those people at bay you have so much you have like that huge time ramp of an investment that you have to go through first that makes mm -hmm. people who are just you know troublesome players gives you that you know it gives them that um, path of resistance. And that's how typically yeah, 
assholes and trolls operate with path path of least resistance. And if you give them a little resistance, they'll just find it. You know, they'll just go somewhere else and fuck with something else. else. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. we've seen that in our own Discord. You give them a, pe- a little bit of resistance and they give up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. I think it's fine. I like. It feels kind of first world problem to like. Yeah. Oh, the new Overwatch game is completely free, but I have to like unlock characters. It's like, right? Holy shit! Are also I paid for Smash, and I had to unlock characters. Like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a problem. Are we serious? Like, <laughs> it does not feel like that big of a problem. I like, especially if they do one of those like, you get to pick one of like so many, like one of three or one of five to start, and then every couple matches, your unlock isn't like a random character. It's like a selection from like a pool of a, a few characters. I don't see what I could possibly complain about at that point. Like. I don't know. I don't think it's a big deal. I, mm-hmm. I think I'd much rather the game be free and I'd have to play it a bunch to get all my characters than drop 60 bucks on it. I can wait. I'm not... I don't need the instant gratification of, like, I now have all characters immediately, and then I play, like, the next three days only on one character anyway. Right. Like, okay. <laughs> I can yeah. wait it out. And, like, you think about how much time Overwatch players dump into the this game. <laughs> oh, totally. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a fingernail of, of time. Honestly. Well, here, you know what? Let's put it this way. If if Overwatch was $60 with everything unlocked at the start, I wouldn't be playing it when it comes out. But if Overwatch sure. 2 is a free-to-play game that I put time into and unlock stuff, my chances of playing that game go up infinitely. My, yeah, my consideration... I won't play it, but my consideration has peaked a little bit more than with a $60 price tag. I, am I going to go yeah, play it's, it? It's, Probably not. <laughs> it's a lot more likely for like me and Daimyo to sit down with you one day and be like, hey, come play Overwatch with us. And you're like, alright, fine, I'll download it. Yeah. Oh, guys, compared to, like, hey, can play Overwatch with us, and you're like, how much is it? And I'm like, 60 bucks, and you're like, no. No. <laughs> like, that's, yeah, that's least, a non-starter. Yeah, at least it's a free-to-play game. There's a, there's, a, there's a possibility that other players could get roped into the game because it's free-to-play. Like, Sure. So, I mean, with all the other games, what is it, like, Valorant and the, um... Oh, of course, like I'm losing Apex. my chance. Apex. Like, all those games are going free-to-play. Even the Halo... Infinite multiplayer, yeah. Multiplayer is, quote-unquote, free. Um, I mean, they all have expectations of you're spending money on their store for cosmetics or um, yeah, EXP. Or... Yeah, and that's been around. I mean, look look at stuff right. like uh, like League of Legends had that mechanic going back 15 years or some shit mm-hmm. or 10 years. I don't know. It's been a long time, and they've been doing that since launch. Like you unlock characters, or you game like games like Pokemon Unite do like the rotation where like some characters are free, some characters um, most characters you can unlock over time, or you buy them with in-game generated currency. And there's always, like, a selection of ones you can play as. And I wouldn't be surprised if Overwatch does that. Like, sure. there's a pool of, like, five or six that are pretty much either always open or they're open at the beginning. And that way you can play different roles. Like, there's, like, one tank, one healer, one DPS exactly. open. And then you can get more later, like. Indeed. Yeah. <clears throat> this is, this it seems like a non-problem to me. Facts. <laughs> but... yeah. I mean, I understand why people are frustrated at it, but at the same time, it's a free think, live service game. I think with, like, companies and, and people that lead these companies being pieces of shit and, and, like, revealing themselves to be, like, all boys clubs and things that are happening, like, what's happening with Phasmo or things that was like, happening with, like, Ubisoft or things that's happening with, like, what did happen with Riot or even, like, weird shit happening at Bungie with their team. Like, yeah. all that stuff is, is a bajillion times more important for me to talk about and look up and, and convince people about or talk to people about it than... The Overwatch character unlocks speed or quantity of playable characters at launch. Like, real people's lives are being affected by shit that's happening at these studios. And so, I'm sorry, you can't convince me to be worried about 
how long it takes to play May in Overwatch or <laughs> right. whatever. Like, yeah, no, boy, I agree. Priorities. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I totally agree. Um, yeah, let's move on. Um, to the shock of no one, Skull and Bones is delayed reportedly over concerns concerns of shallow gameplay. A Ubisoft game with shallow gameplay? Who would have guessed? I I, I don't know. Um, minute. Wait a minute. Where did you get that headline? What's that? Is that a headline you wrote? No. Because of the pun? Yeah, because like shallow <laughs> gameplay, right? Because it's like reefs and stuff. Because <laughs> it's on. like reefs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's... But, yeah, I mean, there's concerns that the... Um, the game doesn't really have much of a play loop that there's really not That's much to do. as far as, yeah, as yeah. far as a character progression. Um, and again, it's this question that what is Ubisoft doing with their games that is out going to outpace what they're competing against? Um, we see it like with Red Assassin's Creed Red, they're, they're going to be competing against um, a couple of games that are in feudal Japan that look like they're just going to blow past them. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. While Assassin's Creed is like, oh, we're going to dial it back, we're going to simplify. I, well, I mean, and then they're doing this with Skull and Bones, which we, I mean, I would be, assume that their competitor would um, would be um, Sea of Thieves. Yeah, isn't there two games like that? There's Sea of Thieves and something else, isn't there? I'm sure there's a couple of them out there. Uh, there's a couple I've I've watched over time. When I was interested in doing pirate like stuff on on games, I've long since not interested. But right, right. E- e- what is this game going to do to compete against that? And the answer is probably not much. Um, it just, it, what it really seems like is that they took the, the Assassin's Creed Black Flag ship part, made it its own game, failed to elaborate, and left. I, I, I just, I don't know. Yeah. You know what? You know what could be interesting? And I don't think either of them go this way. Because, like, Sea of Thieves, to my understanding, is, like, the fun of being, like, a swashbuckler, right? Like, you're out, like, doing, like, looking for treasures and adventures and fighting other ships and stuff. And if Skull and Bones is just going to also do that, you're going to have to have a better play loop and a better engagement system to keep people wanting to come back and play again and again and again. Yeah. Like, like leveling up, finding new abilities, mm-hmm. whatever. Borderlands like, skins. system, mm-hmm. something. Um, why hasn't anyone made, like, a pirate game where, like, a pirate game that's more along the lines of like Sid, like Sid Sivrev, where like mm-hmm. you have to like do like negotiations with countries, and you have to like hijack cargo from boats, and then like sell it back, and like battle the navy and stuff. Like that would seem like an interesting game to me. Not maybe not like running around swashbuckling, doing adventuring, but more like a tactical, strategic kind of game. Like a more modern take like, on like Sid Meier's Pirates. Yeah, like a resource management kind of thing, too. Like, mm-hmm. it seems like it would be pretty interesting. Yeah, I'd be um, that. I don't know, I just had that random thought in the middle of it. I was like, how come no one's delved into that in the last 10 years? Like, right. that seems like an easy, like a, like a layup to just be like, yeah, you know, you do the you do the pirate stuff the way pirates really did the pirate stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, pirates obviously were pirates, but, like, pirates weren't going to caves looking for magical enchanted treasure to wear to make their jumps higher. They were, like, stealing mm-hmm. shit to, to, like, sell back to governments, or they were, like, stealing the government's shit to sell right. back to them. So I or think you can do like a, exploiting a cool trade routes and yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, 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 like putting up pressure on, on, yeah, like you said, the trade routes collecting, like basically being highway robbers on the open seas. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think it'd be a cool thing to do. Yeah. Well, if that gets made, if that gets made in the next five years, I call dibs uh, <laughs> on the credit for that. So, so, uh, for those, what do we, we have, for those few of you watching us right now, I, I see you, uh, person who works at, Sony, 
watching us. <laughs> Trawling for content. I see you. Right. No, yeah. it's something to be cool. But like you said, like see, like Skull and Bones is going to have to do something to set itself out from the already existing Sea of Thieves, which already, as far as I can tell, has the pirate market. <laughs> like, Yeah, super generic um, gameplay is not going to be what makes this game possible. No, and, not on So I, I... Yeah, I don't know. It's not good. They're going to have to come up with something interesting. And that's, that's kind of weird to me, because like... Usually when I think about doing game dev or when I think of projects or when I when I watch projects unfold that are like good projects, it's always like a good game core and then everything's built around it. Like something you want to do over and over. Good combat, good gunplay, good sword play, good fighting, good puzzle mechanics, like feel good, like um there's just moments that you want to engage in over and over where you feel sure. like you come out on top, you feel like you come out smarter or better because of it. And it's weird to think that that's not what started their, like, what what made them go down the road for Skull and Bones? Like, did they just want to make a pirate game because they thought it would sell? I just, like, I think what? they, people really liked the Assassin's Creed Black Flag because of that pirate play. And right. they were, I think they kind of wanted to take, like, a little bit of that lightning in a bottle and make it its own game. But in typical Ubisoft fashion, failed to really innovate on anything or give it a soul of any kind. Um, right. They, you know, it's just like kind of like they just dropped a bunch of boats in the bathtub and like, you kids play, and there's just there's just no there's nothing new to it. So right. Um, it was I mean it was slated to go up against God of War and Sonic Frontiers on that release date, and I mean that would have just bulldozed and devastated sales. Yeah, um, that's not so because I don't think they had any choice but to delay it because of that. Um, but on top sure. of it, you know, having uh, those rumors that there's shallow gameplay, quote-unquote, um, isn't helping matters either. So, I, I don't... No, I, and that's... That's one thing that... That's just weird to me, because it's like, how could you not make a fun pirate game? Like, right. you could make whatever you want out of a pirate game. You could have, like... Like, like you could have a whole gear system around special trinkets and armor sets that you find from old Conquistador pirates, or, like, mm-hmm. old Aztec pirates or something. Like, you could have whole dungeons that you can explore inside certain places. So, like, you do the pirate part, and so you find, like, a cave, but then the cave is a dungeon. And then there's, like, a whole thing. You can even have, in the dungeon, pirate-themed mechanics where, like, you have to do stuff with boats in there. Like, there's a whole million things you could do to make it interesting. And they just didn't do any of it? I don't know. That's a bad look. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, they need to have more fun, I think, with it, maybe, is what it is. I think yeah. you, they need more people who want to have fun with their games instead of just seeing dollar signs. Yeah, according to PC Games and uh, unnamed sources familiar with the project Tolkataku, that uh, while the game's polish and playability is much better than what was prior to Ubisoft's forward event back in uh, summer, uh, the team has concerns over what they called shallow player progression. Um, these sources also said that some issues arose uh, from how the game renders its environments. Um, and this is this is something that we've seen in the past with Ubisoft about as far as like game rendering, missing things like oh, faces. Yeah. Um, yep. It says the ocean is constantly being rendering, which means Skull and Bones has fewer resources available for meaty story scenes, or meaty story scenes is a weird phrase, um, or much else aside from the ship types and ship management shown off during Ubisoft Forward. So, yeah, that's not a good look. It doesn't Why? seem like this game's remotely optimized. See, that's another problem I have with stuff like this is because it's like they're like, oh, well, the, the ocean's is constantly rendering and it's super, rend- like, super uh, invasive of like memory and everything. And it's like, 
but why? Right. You could give me a game like you could give me a, a Skull and Crossbones game animated like with the oceans animated in the style of Wind Waker, and I wouldn't give a fuck. I'd still play it if it's fun. Right. Like that wouldn't deter me in the slightest. What do you, like, why do we have? Why do we have to? dedicate so much of our resources to like the ocean rendering like what the fuck and i think that's part of the problem with just gaming in general it's like everyone's so focused on doing everything hyper realistic that it's you lose the style you lose the soul of the game and i just like great it has hyper realistic water what are, what are we doing like we're looking at water i can't i don't actually know the last time i played a hyper or even a very realistic looking game and i gave a fuck mm-hmm. like the past year and a half, like the best games I've played for the last couple of years, maybe like three, four years going back, most of my favorite games in the last four years are like, uh, like Turtles. Turtles was like Turtles was like a great game, and the graphics were great for what they were because they were done in the two D style. Mm-hmm. Um, Tunic was great, and you cannot look at Tunic and tell me that game is like graphically intense. Like right. most of it's fucking like they look like toys. Um, a lot of Bloom, but other than Bloom's been around since what uh, PlayStation Three era. Yeah, exactly. Um, I stuff like Deltarune, Undertale, stuff like um, Vampire Survivors, like mm-hmm. and Vampire Survivors, like it's a pixel game basically, or, or close to it, like. You can't possibly look at that game and be like, oh, it's gorgeous. It looks it looks like a Super Nintendo game, but it's fine. It plays yeah. great. Turtles looks like a Super Nintendo game, and it plays great. Like, oh, it's just bizarre. It feels like it feels like a marketing thing, right? Like right. you didn't make the you didn't make the ocean super realistic because the immersion is important. You made the ocean super realistic because you know that Xbox wants to sell a pretty ocean to people. Right. A PlayStation wants to show the graphics when they show this well, game. They to have people. to justify these newer consoles. Um, yeah, exactly. And it's like, but this isn't this. If you're if you're doing it just by the new consoles, but then it like it if how pretty the ocean is impacts the game's performance or your ability to to do fun things with the game because it's too busy rendering the ocean. You have a fucking screensaver. Fuck? You you have a tech demo, right? right. Like <laughs> a shitty oh, one. Man. Like even taking Imagine, like, something like Cyberpunk. Yeah. I mean, it looks it looks phenomenal. I have it running on my RTX, and like the cell shading or not cell shading. I'm sorry, the ray tracing looks incredible. But if you would have taken Even, that game uh, yeah. and done it in like a cell shade, it would just be just as good, and if not yeah, better, because it has like a stylized sure. behind it. But if you would do like a, yeah. like, I don't know, like an anime style cell shade with that game to mimic like what the anime looks like, yeah. that would be incredible. Even better, probably, yeah. Right, but again, these resources. game companies have to justify yeah. these these newer powerhouse consoles, um, so they're focusing on stuff that's like hyper realistic graphics, and not the good gameplay. So, no, see, and that kills me because it's like imagine, imagine, like if we sat down to play, I don't know, Horizon Zero Dawn or Horizon Forbidden West or something, and you were looking at it and you're like, wow, you know what? There's this this terrain is gorgeous and the skybox looks perfect. It's pristine. It looks just like real life sky. Mm-hmm. Where's all like the monsters and stuff? And they were like, well, we couldn't really do any monsters walking around because we put all our resources into the fucking oh, grass. You'd be like. But why though? <laughs> like, what? Excuse me. Like, you could have had no grass here and a dinosaur to fight, and I would have had fun fighting the dinosaur and not cared that there was no grass. Like, excuse mm-hmm. me. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Right. Did we just miss what games are about? Like, I get that. Like, making them look pretty is great, but that should be ancillary. That should be like outside the scope of the project to make the game look pretty. That should come at the end of the project when the the project is fun mm-hmm. and interesting to play, not like. I just don't get it. Like, unless your game is literally like a fucking, um, 
what are those called? Like 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 one of those like like interactive novel kind of games, like Doki Doki Literature Club was, mm-hmm. where like there is no gameplay happening, and therefore all the resources can go to graphics. That's fine, but unless your game is literally a visual novel, I don't want to hear about like, well, we were rendering so much skybox and so much graphics in the water that we can't really put cool boat encounters. Like, are you fucking serious? If right. No Man's Sky came out on launch and was like. Yeah, we're rendering like all these planets all at the same time. And they're all here and they're all beautiful, but we couldn't make any fauna because of that. I'd be like, "Why am I here? Like, what am I doing? What's the game then? What am I playing? What's the fun? Where do I do the fun?" Yeah, no, it just feels stupid. <laughs> Where do we do the fun? Yep. Yeah, it's it's all bad. So I mean, I'm at sure. Any point, at any point, if I was like running a team and a person on the team came up to me and they were like, "I want to add fun things to the game, but I can't because the game looks too pretty." I would be like, who the fuck decided to make it look so pretty that we can't add fun things? What are you talking right. about? Congratulations. <laughs> we have a $7 billion screensaver. Great. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. Yeah, so I, I mean, we're... I can't definitely keep an eye on this. I would not be shocked to see this. It was delayed until March. I would not be shocked to see this delayed again. Um, yeah. Probably for, like, next holiday. And at this time, at that time, I just don't see why there would be any interest in playing this at this point. It'll get um, delayed, and they'll mm-hmm. they'll put out a statement and say like we're we're something. It'll be some sort of like going back to our roots, re-examining, yeah. having an introspective like look at the game, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> we hear yeah. you. We're going blah 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 blah. We hear you. Um. All right. Well, let's get into our big stories this week. Obviously, the big one to talk about: um, Stadia, not doing so hot. Yep. So, uh, to the to the shock of many, uh, Stadia will be closing its doors on January eighteenth. Um, I think it's personally, I think it's sad. I don't think this game system, network, streaming cloud service got a fair shake. Uh, I think Google blundered a lot of the potential of this system. Uh, it was low hanging fruit for YouTubers to just shit on without ever even talking or even trying it. Um, I, right. I had no problems with it. I, I played it at work uh, on downtime. I could, you know, hop on Destiny, grab some bounties, or grab a grab a um, a weapon mod that's like, oh, this mod's only only been on Destiny like twice. So go ahead, go grab it. Great for that kind of stuff. Great for like, you know, streaming game gameplay. I, I play, I've played a decent amount on it. I, I've never really had any major problems with it. Would I play like Trials and Destiny on it? Probably not. But mm-hmm. that's what three percent of the game overall. Very small yeah. chunk of the game. Um. I think Google's problem is like they just they if their product does not do gangbusters out of the gate, they always look for a, an instant gratification. They mm-hmm. close their game studio within like three months of the releasing Stadia, and everyone's like, "Well, this isn't great great news because that's kind of like what what are you doing if you're not creating exclusive for this game system or cloud right. cloud system?" So. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not shocked to see this. It's unfortunate because I definitely had a lot of fun with it. Um, Performance-wise, it ran circles around xCloud. And right. It's, yeah, it's just disappointing. Um, we see a lot of, a lot of marketing blunders. Like, There's rumors that they turned down um, that ex- a Death Stranding. Uh, I guess a follow-up with Kojima. Uh, you see that Kojima's doing a, a cloud game uh-huh. now with, with Microsoft. Oh, yeah, um, he is. Right. That's right. So that was probably originally slated for Stadia. They turned it down. That's a miss. And it's like, what are you guys doing? Um, I think the part of the problem is that you just have a lot of people 
on that board that are just not game centric people. Um, mm-hmm. I, it's just, it's very, very disappointing. Um, no, absolutely. So. Yeah. It's, I feel bad because, like, I remember I showed that thing that it was like, Stadia was in a position to do really well these last few years because of, like, the pandemic, because of the way the economy went, like, mm-hmm. because the, the consoles were so hard to get your hands on and graphics cards went through the roof. Like, Stadia gave you an option to play next gen games at a decent price in your own home. As long as you had good internet and everything. Um, and it just feels like Google should have seen that and read the room and been like, let's push that as the reason why people should get a Stadia. Or like, I don't know, it just feels like every turn of the page it was like, well, Stadia could have done this great or that great or the other or this thing. And Google didn't say anything and they didn't push it. They didn't make a point out of it. Like, And now here we are. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it just feels like a big miss on their part. Um, um, yeah, it's wild. No, because like I was just thinking about it, I was like, I know so many people are like they can't get their hands on a PlayStation, they don't want the new Xbox because they want games, um, and they can't like they either can't afford to get a card for like their graphics card or a computer in general. I mean, like we, we just talked about last week, like graphics cards are going up to like sixteen hundred bucks for the next generation, mm-hmm. something insane, and it's like, so you know, people getting brand new computers are looking at you know twenty five to three thousand dollars for a good rig consoles are out of stock in most places and you can only get them if you like sign up for GameStop's pro club and like maybe get a chance or like you sign up for playstation emails and maybe they tell you you can get one like but if you could just put stadia on the store shelves how much does stadia cost um the it's free it's fucking free like the service itself is free uh the controller there was like a three hundred dollar box to go with it or something is it literally just a fucking like a chromecast thing so you can buy a starter (laughs) kit yes you can buy a starter kit that comes with a controller and a chromecast oh my god and it's like Like, it's not every shelf at like targets and walmart's like right moving like crazy you put that on a shelf and you tell people like here buy this take it home get it on your network and you can play games like games your computer probably can't even handle streamed to you from like over your network like yeah maybe you can't play like cod i guess but like you can pretty much hit any of these story driven beats like you know stuff like uh god of war or like horizon or stuff like anything single player anything offline co-op who cares like pretty much anything that's not super competitive where like lag could be a problem like that just feels like such a i i went into this for some reason thinking that stadia had a box attached that was like the price of a switch nope and Oh my god, that just makes it feel like a lot worse of a fuck up from Google. Yeah, so you could get Stadia Pro. <laughs> it was like ten dollars a month. They gave you like a lot of games for free. They were decent games. It was stuff that was triple mix of like triple A titles, some some um, indie games and stuff. Nothing was ever like horrible, or I never felt like I was getting ripped off. Right. Um, Destiny was free out of the gate if you signed up for it right off the bat. You got. Um, that one expansion for free it was just part of the pro it was pro so you got that like out of Forsaken or Shadowkeep or something yes. right and then Shadowkeep any, maybe any yeah. game that you bought was was in your library that was it um i think a lot of people argued that they should have gone with the next the netflix model um and i think over time they did so because yeah. when you when you get all those games a month they just they sit in your library they don't they don't expire unless you let them expire by not grabbing them initially. Um, because they'll, yeah, they'll rotate right. out, but as soon as you add them in the library, they're in there forever, like PlayStation. Um, yeah, yeah. So over time, you know, you have like a hundred games that you can play at any time. It kind of has like a Netflix feel to it. There's just a little bit of a time investment, obviously. 
Um, mm-hmm. But this being led by Phil Harrison, obviously, was a fucking problem because I mean, he's shit wrecked everything he's been in charge of. So that didn't help uh, anything. <laughs> not familiar, yeah. Um, he was part of Sony for a while, left Sony, part of Microsoft for a while, left Microsoft, joined Google. <laughs> um, this is a good sign. Yeah. Uh, yeah, oh boy. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. The biggest shitty thing about this was um, I should have gotten some screenshots of, uh, of this, but I didn't for the show. Uh, but Stadia developers were still working on games um, yeah. when this was announced. When the announcement dropped, yeah. And it was announced on like Twitter, and game devs were like, we have a game coming out next month. What are we supposed to do? And, I mean, yep. I guess the nice thing is is that because it's all x86 or, you know, 64-bit architecture, you can port the stuff to Windows, you can throw it on Steam, you can throw it on Epic. Um, sure, yeah. But it oh, just even. shittily sucks to find out that way. So, well, yeah, we don't even know what the contracts look like because there could have been like non compete contract clauses, and Google might still be able to hold the claw, like the contract, even though they're not publishing the game. There might right. still be some sort of like, in the event that the contract doesn't go the way it's supposed to and we break, mm-hmm. you still can't put your game out for six months or something. Like yeah. that kind of shit can still happen. You'll find that in NDAs all the time for that kind of shit mm-hmm. or for publisher contracts because they don't want to risk getting bought out. Like, like if I'm making a game for Sony, they might put a thing in there where like, you know, you can't put your game on Xbox while it's on Sony for six months, but if we break this contract, you can't put your game out for two years anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's really shitty, but some people, especially small indie devs, they sign it because they feel like they have nowhere else to go. And sure. usually it works out. Like, you still publish with who you're publishing with, but every once in a while, you'll have something weird happen. Like, what was it, Axiom Verge, I think? Mm-hmm. With, like, the Wii U publisher? They couldn't make the game on the Wii U for, like, years or something because the publisher for the Wii U version fucked them and the contract broke, but as part of the contract, yes. they couldn't publish the game anywhere else for, like, years. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a few weird corner cases like that, but I think I remember Axiom Verge being the bad one like that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe there was another game that did that, too. Similar concept. They couldn't publish their game. They had to, like, go back and sue the defunct publisher for the rights of their own game. Right. Like, so <laughs> that that's... We'll have to wait and see if there's any fallout like that with Stadia, if they had any contracts that, if broken, lead to a developer kind of being in the dark for a while. So I guess we'll see. I think they are obviously trying to avoid a lot. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be some class action lawsuits flying one way or the other, but they are certainly trying to avoid it with at least the consumer end. Um, They are offering refunds. I actually just got an email from them the other day after this announcement. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. They said Google is offering a refund to Stadia, uh, Stadia users for Stadia hardware purchases, Stadia controller, Stadia Founders Edition, uh, which is what I have, Stadia Premiere Edition, um, or Play and Watch Google TV package made on the Google Store. Um, mm-hmm. The game purchase and add-on purchases made on the Google Store. Uh, the refund process will take some time, but we expect to have a majority of the refunds processed by January 18th, 2023. Um we expect to be able to automatically issue refunds for a substantial portion of transactions um, as a credit uh, to the form of payment used to make the purchase. Uh, the purchases hmm. that were that are not able to be automatically refunded, you will receive an email with details on how to obtain your refund. Um, and they also said, I guess, I guess, but well, they also disabled the store immediately because people could go out, yeah, buy all these. You know, you, you had Destiny, you could buy all that silver. And then just have it refunded again in January. So yeah, four frames platinum. Yeah, you could have right. really dumped the paycheck into it and then just gotten that paycheck back and exactly or whatever. And the game can't do anything about it. They're not going to go back and t- take away your silver. They're just going to sure. 
Yeah, it's already spent. Then. They can't. Yeah, there's nothing they can do about that. Um, all, all commerce functionality, the ability to buy games, new subscriptions, add-ons, and in-game purchases on Stadia have now been disabled. Users who mm-hmm. held an active Stadia subscription as of September 29th, 2022, will not be char- um, will not be charged for access to their pro library or other subscription entitlements during the shutdown period. Historically, uh, Stadia's pro subscription fees will not be eligible for the, the refund. Well, that kind of sucks. Um, mm. So say here about uh, getting your data and, and save games here. You will be able to export your Stadia, Stadia data, such as profile information, game stats, social data, save files, and captures from Google Takeout uh, until the Stadia service shuts down on January 18th, after that which point your Stadia data will be permanently deleted. So mm-hmm. get your game saves off of Stadia now. Um, don't fuck around because it'll be gone January 18th. So if you have something like Cyberpunk, get the game saves. At least have, you know, if uh, it sucks. It sucks for people that have no other hardware that were sold this because it's like, oh, great. Right. I don't have to spend all this money on a, on a PC. I don't have to spend $500 on a, on a, a, a PlayStation. Um, oh, totally, yeah. So you know, people like cyber people who are playing cyberpunk, they might not have other really hardware. They're completely fucked. But mm-hmm. you know, at least you have the the ability to get your games. Um, please note that deleting your Google account will result in deletion of all data, blah blah blah, including emails, photos, files, and all that good stuff. So I will say, good on Ubisoft here. Um, they did post a tweet. While Stadia will shut down on January January eighteenth, uh, we're happy to share that we're working to bring the games you own to Stadia. Uh, on Stadia to PC through Ubisoft Connect. We'll have more to share regarding specific details as well as impact for Ubisoft Plus subscribers at a later date. So it looks like, you know, if you if you bought some Ubisoft games, you will be able to transfer them to PC, which is great because I think I bought like one, I bought like a temp, one of the Tom Clancy games on sale for like five bucks. So I'll be able to transfer mm-hmm. that over to Steam or whatever. Um, it just well, sucks. And then, so yeah, so I don't I don't know what Bungie's going to do, but it seems like Bungie data because it's all your save data is already cloud based. As long as you're linked up to like another account, and you can make like a free PlayStation account, you can make a free Xbox account, link it to your um, Bungie account, Bungie.net account, and that'll should lock it in and preserve anything that you have. So I, I would if you have a Destiny account link it up to like a free account just to make doubly sure even a steam account or something um just to make doubly sure that that cross play save is, is actually preserved right but um yeah i that's wild um allegedly ubisoft and bungie were in the dark about this as well all it looks like all devs were in the dark um i knew something was up when the new expansion lightfall went up and last year when um which queen went up there was that you could actually reserve a stadia version of the game um with the uh, collector's edition and it didn't happen this year so i mean i can i can i can see why but i almost wonder if someone at bungie did kind of know this was happening or maybe they just saw the writing on the wall and they were just elected to not have a stadia version so yeah oops there we go yeah that's kind of wild so give me one second yeah, no problem. My um, on my son's laptop, and it, apparently the it wasn't actually charging this whole time. Row, row. Now it's charging. Weird. Nice. I don't know why that was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's it's deeply troubling. Um, I, again, this could have been 
a really solid system. I'll I'll, t- I'll be the first one to say like, the controller was phenomenal. Um, even compared, like I love the PlayStation Five DualSense controller. Even compared to that, it was still like a, I would say marginally better than the the DualSense controller as far as like just ergonomic feel and everything. So yeah, I yeah, haven't got my hands on it, but you, I've heard good things. Right. So you can still, you still, if you have the controller, you'll still be able to use it corded. I'm really hoping that they either someone makes drivers for it or Google opens it up so that the Bluetooth part of the controller can be used as well. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting because that does have a Wi-Fi antenna in it, so I'll be interested to see if like if they do open it up to see what people can do with it outside of um, what Stadia, you know, what Stadia's intention was. So, right. Yeah. Uh, well, at least I got a free Chromecast out of it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, that works, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, well, that sucks. But um, let's talk about uh, Destiny. I know we try not to, but today we're going to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, noticing a lot in the community about general burnout, um, even at the beginning of this season, um, a lot of people just complaining about the just boring play loop, the gameplay is getting stale. The seasons, the seasons are very manufactured and just very assembly line. Um, something that I've had a gripe for Destiny for years was just only getting like slow drip feed of storyline every week. Um, not yeah. a fan of that. Never was. Oh yeah. Um, I know as since the season of the Splicer, my playtime has drastically dropped off. We found a a neat little thing on GitHub to like kind of heat map your playtime on Destiny and. You could see mm-hmm. like a season of the Spicer where his life just kind of went and just kind of slammed into the wall there. Um, obviously, a lot of that has to do with me playing Final Fantasy as well, but um, sure. That I mean, it begs the question with the game, a live service game, they're trying to maximize how much engagement they have with their players. Uh, and it seems like overall, people are just getting tired of the game. The crafting doesn't feel good, the playlists oh, yeah. don't feel good. There's a lot of always very confusing economies, constantly having like time gate unlocks for seasonal activities. It's tired, and the entire existence of the artifact. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. The champions mechanic, I thought that was going to be long gone a long time ago. It's yeah. Still here. I'm very well, tired that, of that it. one. That one in particular really bugs me because they found a solution in the form of these light-bearing guardians, like mm-hmm. these, uh, the, the hive guardians. And that gives you, like, a challenging enemy that you can fight that doesn't just have a bullshit, I'm immune to certain weapon types right. unless you're wearing certain armor mods set up. Like, it, it, it opened up the door to, like, hey, look, you don't have to do championship, like, shit anymore. You can just have these light-bearer guys because they're harder to kill. They're more threatening and more dangerous. They're smarter than most enemy AI. Like, they were the perfect thing to replace champions, and then they were like, yeah, here they are. And then, so anyway, uh, yeah, you're, all your relationship still has champions. And it was like, but why, though? Right. Like, you made such a better thing, and then you didn't use it anywhere. <laughs> you used it in, like, the, the, heart, the, the campaign. And then, like, that was it. So it's like, ugh. okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I used, to, I used to play it a lot. I, I, I used to play the shit out of that game. It was my favorite game for the longest time. Um, yep, same. It just felt like the, the perfect convergence of like Mass Effect, Borderlands, and Halo, um, and maybe a couple other games I really enjoyed, kind of mashed into one, um, especially with Destiny One. And I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. We're seeing people like Paul Tassi, um, 
who's a biggest Destiny enthusiast. They don't yeah. get much. The dude's literally paid to write about Destiny uh, by mm-hmm. Forbes. And Forbes of all places, yeah, right, of course. Yeah, and he, I mean, he made a video today about how you know about his burnout, and it's like it just seems like it's endemic of this whole gaming community right now. And what do you do to fix that? Um, like, like, like he said, everything just feels very assembly lined. They got rid of like community puzzles, like they did with like the um, corridors of time. That was incredible. Um, stuff like the Whisper of the Worm, um, the other the other gun I can't remember at this at this time. Um, but those like time zero hour mission, zero yeah. hour mission. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. They don't do that stuff anymore. It's just like you have a season, nope. you have activities. They're all confusing because there's too many activities, and they don't find it. They don't make them fun. Um, I, I'm told I, I haven't even touched the season yet, but I, I'm told that the the ship activity is fun. But again, the grind involved with crafting, mm-hmm. finding patterns, some of those patterns only exclusive during certain weeks, during certain activities, because the the activities rotate, like they did in Witch Queen. Like, it was, you can only get, like, three patterns out of this activity in this week, then the other out of this week. So, yeah, like you said last night, they have, they have a hard time respecting your time anymore. Oh, a million percent. Um, I just, I can't, force myself like i just i really want to play it but i just can't force myself to go back to it because i don't want to go back there i don't want to be disillusioned by like all these mods like there's more mods than there ever was um i don't i don't know what the min max is some weapons you have to craft you have to dump all this time into craft them and then you have to after after all that grind then you have to craft the perfect the perfect version you have to level up the weapon you have to you know it's just it's too much it's just too goddamn much and you never know when that, like, you'll be like, you'll build a build that you really enjoy, and then they're like, oh, by the way, like, these eight types of guns are all broken, so we can't use them for the next three weeks. Right. And we're like, okay, cool, great. Mm-hmm. Fun, fun, fun. Right. Um, yeah, everything about it just feels bad. It really does. So, the problem is, I find is that because they're on such a long development cycle, when do they steer the ship differently? What do they do to improve it? And how long is that going to take? Because we already see yeah. Destiny Lightfall on the horizon. Those those seasons are probably already plotted out. So yeah, absolutely, there. We're probably going to even if they steer the ship now from community pressure. When do we actually see that result? It's probably a year off. Because yeah, because of oh, the yeah, development that they're on. Yeah. Um, I I never felt like they did enough storyline for seasons. I this one just seems like it's not even associated with the storyline this just seems like it's like kind of like i don't want to say a slice of life but it just seems like it's filler content almost um yeah like i can't take like season of pirates seriously yeah i i just i don't know where this i don't this the the storyline has taken a turn that i didn't think this would ever go in i i can't get into it it doesn't just it just feels like a direction that they never planned on, or they're just, yeah. they're just kind of pulling yeah. things out of their ass at this point. The whole thing with Sabathun really felt like a letdown. Like, we had this whole build-up for her for years in the game, and it was like, oh my god, Sabathun, big deal, always been around, been since the beginning, mm-hmm. always worried about Sabathun. And then she shows up, and it's like... Million, millions of years old, infinitely powerful. Yeah, and then, like, push comes to shove, and it's like, okay, that was it. And they're like, right. yep, let's get into the season, season of uh, whatever this season is. Mm-hmm. And we're like, uh, okay, cool, great. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, actually, 
she wasn't even that bad, and she's not even the bad. Like, there's another bad right. above her. And it's like, but we've been doing this. Like, there's always been, like, a bad above the bad. And that, like, ugh. and every time it's like, Crow was bad. And we're like, okay, we dealt with Crow. Actually, Crow wasn't that bad. Now he's on your team. But now Sabathun's bad, and we're going to kill Sabathun. Now, and we're already setting up, like, the like the redemption, like, yeah, Sabathun's not dead, she's going to come back, yada, yada, yada. Right. Like, I get it. We're doing. We're gonna play this game, and we're gonna do like the, like the the Marvel Avengers thing, and have everybody regroup and like fight a big bad together. <sighs> yeah, I, it's just not interesting. This, I think, this the Witch Queen thing should have been that moment. Um, to yeah, re, I think right then would have been the time to like end this story arc, start something new. Um, but now we're, we're dragging this out, and it just seems like we see them increasing their prices and. They know, like they, they're they they promised to tie this all up with, um, what's final shape. So we still yeah, have two we years still have, now, right? Like, yeah, we still have Lightfall to get through, and we still have final shape. So that's two full years from Lightfall, and that's mm-hmm. a long time. So I, we see the prices going up. They see that like we're, they're nickel and diming people more, even more for expansions. That what a hundred dollars for an exotic if you pre-order yep. the the game in its entirety. People complain yeah, about seventy dollars games, version. but to get the full experience mm-hmm. out of Destiny, it's like one hundred twenty dollars every year now. Um, mm-hmm. At this point, like you say, it's like why don't they just go to a monthly model? <laughs> because it doesn't make any sense to. Might um, as well. I mean, right? Yeah, it's just I don't know. I like I the amount that I put into I watch the amount of money that Destiny wants me to put into it going up over time, and the content quantity going slightly down and quality going down pretty decently, right? And then I turn around and I look at like, like I like I'm like okay, well maybe this should go in the in the wallet next to FF14 as a subscription. And I look at FF14, and what I'm paying for them for a year, and what I'm getting out of FF14 is like insane. Mm-hmm. Like, when was the last time? Like, and people I remember when before Witch Queen, people were like, oh yeah, Witch Queen is like, bro, we're getting Endwalker and Witch Queen, and they're both going to be like the same thing for those games respectively. And it's like, no, Witch Queen did not deliver anything close to a Heaven's Word. Or uh, any, any remotely, uh, nothing like an Endwalker experience. Mm-hmm. Like, and and I don't think like and and it's like, I'll sit down to be like, yeah, you know, what's coming out for Destiny for the season? And like, oh yeah, you know, six man mm-hmm. uh, do the ball activity, and uh, wow. a drip feed of story missions every week, and that's it. And I'm like, okay, I guess what came out in the patch for Final Fantasy? And they're like, oh, uh, like raids, mm-hmm. uh, dungeon trial. Hard raids, um, story missions that you can do on your own pace, whenever you feel like, uh, crafting stuff, uh, new side content, new this, new that, the whole fucking island adventure, relic weapons, uh, Hildebrand missions, a whole new type of dungeon that's never been in the game before. It's like, I'm watching the, like, the, like we're going to get a live letter like next week. I think it's this coming week or something. Mm-hmm. And like, we've seen the, the plan for like the rest of Endwalker into the next expansion. Now, granted, it's two years, not one year, like Lightfall and, and all that. We'll be like a year out, and then a year out to Final Shape. But like, right now on the block from now to Final Shape, we don't have anything. It's all we know is a show like for forty dollars, but we're we're getting two years worth of expansion content. Yes, it's insane, and like, like we know that from now to Lightfall, we don't know what we're getting, and we don't know what we're getting in Lightfall except like loadouts. Right. I guess that's cool. Um, and then we're just hoping that it comes out good, and then we're hoping Final Shape is good. Meanwhile, I go like I sit down for like a Yoshi P live letter, and he's like, "Listen, two years. This is our two year plan. 
You're getting a deep dungeon here. You're getting another deep dungeon here. You're getting trials, raids, dungeons, uh, hard raids, 24-man raids. We're going to have uh, a third thing here, a fourth thing here. We're going to have relic weapons. We're going to have this. We're going to have this. We have the iron sanctuary. We're going to have this, that. Like, he tells you exactly where a lot of this shit's coming, and then they deliver that shit. Um, mm -hmm. And, like, over the course of a two-year plan for Endwalker, we're going to get uh, 12 eight-man raids plus the extremes, um, three 24-man raids, probably eight trials-ish, and the savage versions, or the extreme versions. Um, we got one ultimate already, the Knights of the Round, and we're getting another one before Endwalker's over. We got the Unreals that cycle every time they do a patch. Mm -hmm. We've got the Island Adventure thing, the Island Sanctuary. Um, the Deep Dungeon, we're getting two Deep Dungeons over the next three patches. We're getting the, the, the treasure map dungeon areas, the, like, the thing we took clear in. All that gets, they, they do new ones of that every time we get the expansion. They do one or two of them. Um, we're getting multiple, multiple of this cri uh, Criterion dungeon, the new, mm -hmm. like, hard dungeon plus savage version. Like, it never ends, dude. They keep putting content out for this game, plus all the crafting stuff, plus all these other Beast Tribe quests with minions and mounts associated. Like, God, it doesn't stop. And then I turn around, I sit down and play, I'm like, well, you know, friends of mine are like, why don't you come play Destiny? And I'm like, what am I doing this week if I play Destiny with you guys? And like, you're going to go kill a Nightmare uh, on that raid that used to be in the game from four years ago? And then you're going to go in there again on a, a you know, five-minute mission where you're going to kill a dude we've already killed, but he's a ghost now. Um, and then you'll, you'll be told that you didn't kill him, right? And you'll have to come back next week. And I'm like, okay, what else can we do? And like, six-man ball activity. Uh, okay, great. <laughs> cool. Can yeah. we at least do like a new raid? Well, sometimes there's a new raid, but when there's a new raid, a whole subclass, a gun that costs 100 bucks, a couple other guns, a couple other exotics, and the entirety of one whole subclass of weapon all get shut off because, oops. So, you know, <laughs> you can play that later, like next month if you want, and maybe it'll be fine by then. But yeah, you know, cool. Like, okay, great. What do I get out of the raid? Do I have like... Do I earn currency from the raid that I can spend on stuff? Yes, you do, but not on the stuff you want. Only on, like, the regular drops. Like, the exotics, you have to just kind of get lucky and hope that you don't run it a hundred times and never see it, like everybody sure. else does. Okay, cool. This sounds like a blast. I'm going to go back to Final Fantasy. <laughs> yeah, there's just there's so much RNG entrenched into that game. It's, it's a turnoff. Um, when I play Final Fantasy... And I hate comparing them because they're so drastically different games, but there yeah, is still, there's like there's still parallels. Core systems that are parallels, yeah. But like when I'm looking at level up gear and I'm earning items to buy that gear, I get specifically what I want. Um, oh yeah, dude! Like we go in the raids, and how many times we walked? We showed Claire we walked into the eight man raids for the first time with her, and we're like, "This is how it works. If you want right side pieces, it's those pieces. Yep. Left side pieces are those pieces, and you get exactly what you ask for when you get those pieces. Like you get a ring, turn it into a ring, a bracelet, necklace." Earring, whatever. You get two hands, turn it into your hands. You don't have to walk in there and, like, imagine if we had to do raiding in Final Fantasy where it was, like, you ran the raid and it just gave you a random one. And you're like, ah, oh, shit, it gave me, like, hands and I already have hands again. So, like, I this week didn't do anything for me because I already have hands. Right. That'd be, like, that'd be stupid. But that's what we do in Destiny. We sign in for pinnacles and you run pinnacles and it's like, you got four helmets, two auto rifles, and a scout rifle. And you're like, I needed boots and a Titan mark. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. come back next week. <laughs> Which try again. Please get to another point. Like when you're doing like Grandmaster Nightfalls, I don't know how many seasons I've gotten fucked out of playing them because the gear won't drop for me to get into them. Yep. We had, that's what the, the, some of the discourse was centered around a big Destiny name player who 
that wasn't going to be doing the Grandmaster Nightfalls that are coming because he was like, I've been getting screwed out of pinnacle drops and I'm not going to sit here and bust my ass every week for all these pinnacle drops and not even get what I need and then I can't play. Mm-hmm. Um, every time the season resets and the artifact resets, you have to raise the artifact up as fast as you can to be able to get into the content to then do the content. So you feel like you're missing out if you don't get that thing up there as fast as you can. And then you have to sit here and grind pinnacles over and over so you can get into the stuff that you used to be able to get into. Right. Like last, look, last season's Grandmaster Nightfall. Like now you lose right. access to it, not because it rotates and then comes back, but when it comes back, you can't play it unless you've been playing enough already. And it's like, what? Could you imagine if like the next 24-man raid comes out for Final Fantasy and they're like, well, uh, welcome back to the 24-man raid. Have you been playing the other, the first one? And you're like, Aglaia? And you're like, no, I played it when it was out. And like, well, now you can't play that one until you play a bunch of Aglaia. And you're like, oh, okay, I guess. Yeah. Like uh, everything about the system yeah. is designed really shitty. It's it's just there to keep you playing. Exactly. And not, it's not interesting. It's not fun. It's not engaging. I don't ever feel good. Every week I sign in Final Fantasy and I get my raid pieces or I get my sword for the sword turn in or I get my tomes for tome turn in. Like I feel like I'm in control of what's happening. I'm earning yeah. rewards no matter what because I know that I'm getting these things for my completions. There's been times I've signed into Destiny, done all my pinnacles, and literally made no progress because they all dropped in the two spots that didn't actually go up. I've, I've been burned on that so many times. And um, it was a dead week. Like, a whole yeah. week is a dead week, then. It's like, uh, what the fuck? Yeah, I just dumped, like, 10 hours into something that did me no favors. Okay, cool. Yep. See, you, see you next week. Uh, and that, that leads to another interesting issue with, with Grandmaster Nightfalls, especially with this season. It's like, the, they need you, you need to be 1595 to get into it. Yep. But it drops you back down to 1585. But if you're 1585, you cannot get into it. You can't get in. Yeah, what it's the dumbest fuck? shit. Fuck. I don't know like, who thought that was a, a thing that made sense, but I don't know. Uh, I just it Absolutely just insane. it sucks to see this because again, one of my favorite games of all time. It had so much potential, <laughs> but well, that's why we get so passionate talking about it because like it's a game we really care about. Want we want to play? I'd love to be able right. to go back and play that game right now. It's just I can't justify pulling my time on it. As much as I shit on Halo Infinite, I would love for that game to be good enough for me to want to play it again because I I love the Halo series. Um, oh yeah, absolutely, dude. I'm still on the fence about like I think I might still end up buying Halo Infinite's campaign one day just to get the campaign out, mm-hmm. even though it's only one third of the full campaign we were supposed to get. And it's, but like, but other than that, like as much as it sucks, I still want to like I still want to actually see what they did with it. You know what right. I mean? It's just ah, oh, it's hard to support them after everything they do. I totally agree. And the same thing with Destiny. We watched the price go up, ten dollars, then twenty dollars. Content got cut a little bit, then content got cut more. Like, what was it? Two years ago was not Witch Queen. What was the one before Witch Queen? I can never remember. The one on Europa? <laughs> light. Beyond Light. Beyond Light, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Beyond Light was what? It was like 40 or 70 mm-hmm. or 100. Actually, that might have been, those might be Witch Queen numbers. Yeah, I don't remember. I just remember that when we went from Beyond Light to Witch Queen... Everybody said it went up ten dollars. It went from forty seventy to forty eighty, mm-hmm. and then the hundred dollar version with Witch Queen came with the thirtieth anniversary pack, which was an extra like thirty dollar purchase or whatever. So you were getting the whole campaign, all the DLCs, the seasons, uh, the two dungeons for the dungeon keys, and then you were getting the thirtieth anniversary pack, right? Mm-hmm. That was for a hundred dollars. So now in the next expansion. Your $40 option is gone. You have a $50 option, but it forces you to get the first season as part of it. So you can't just pay 40 bucks for the expansion and not play the season. You now have to play the season. 
because every purchase of model comes with the first season no matter what now. So the game, for, for a lot of people, the floor for that game's price went up $10 no matter what. Um, the, the whole season pass is 80 which gives you all the DLC and the seasons and everything, but it doesn't include the dungeon keys. Whereas the last one, the dungeon keys were in the 80 mm-hmm. And then the 100 comes with the dungeon keys, but it doesn't have a 30th anniversary pack that costs $30. Right. So that's just a chunk of thing that you paid that you were getting value from that's missing. Right. So like no matter which point you buy in at for Lightfall, you're getting less content for the money than you've ever gotten. And that 30th anniversary was already out. So yeah, that, that, like, uh, for like a hot minute. So that was like already mm-hmm. older-ish content that they were just kind of like chucking in at you. And it was just like yeah, but it had a gap already didn't feel great. But now this even yeah. feels even worse than that. Yep, but uh, you know what it was is because if you wanted Gallarhorn, you still had to get that pack, mm-hmm. unless you circumvented it. Mm-hmm. But like, but generally speaking, a lot of people coming into Witch Queen, it was like, oh man, do they like a lot of people came back for Witch Queen and were like, man, do they have all my favorite guns? And it was like, you can get Gallarhorn, but you have to buy the hundred dollar pack because it's in there, kind of hard to explain. Like, <laughs> but like, yeah, it's just just stuff like that. And it's like we talked about like back in the day, dude, when we were playing Destiny Two when it first came out, or like the first few years of it. It was better. I'm, I hate to tell people that, and I know people, a lot of people in the community don't agree with me, but like signing in and finding things like Whisper the Worm mission just randomly happening and going and doing it, getting a cool gun, mm-hmm. and, and doing all that shit was the was most great. It Taking was the most fun I've had in this game. Exploring, right. finding a new thing. Holy shit, what even is this? What is happening? Like, they didn't even tell us about this. It was a secret. It calls back to Destiny 1 when they did like the shit with the moon during the beta, where it was just like, a mysterious thing is happening, the moon's something, something the moon, and then you would just go there, like, and you'd explore, and you could find shit out on your own. They don't do that anymore. It's very handheldy, and it's very, like, did you pay the ticket to get in here? Like, it feels like a fucking theme park at that point. Right. It's like, yeah, like, doing a Destiny season, it feels like a theme park ride, where, like, they hold your hand through the whole thing, and then, like, come on here, go over here, look over there, do that, do this, do that. Yeah. Uh, here's your complimentary exotic that we gave you now, like, and I'd cool. love to see and them like, do something again, like Whisper of the Worm, or even just bring back Whisper mm-hmm. of the Worm. Um, yep. I had a blast doing that. I mean, we, I went through it, and that was yeah. like when you and I first started really hanging out, and we we're oh, like, yeah. we're going to make sure everyone has Whisper of the Worm in our clan. Yeah, yeah. dude, that's my favorite part of that game, was right. running all the people through Whisper in Zero Hour, Hell helping yeah, them man. with the puzzles, and helping them with the runs, and like making sure everybody was geared up. It felt like I was contributing to our clan in a way that was making us all very powerful and, and useful and helpful. Right. And that you don't, I don't like. I've done like I've helped people do raids and trials and or not trials. I don't do trials, but like uh, raids and strikes and stuff. And it just never feels the same. That like mm-hmm. that like cool moment of like, like that you know, worship and like fellowship and well, that combined with like the the mysterious element of like the thing just being new content that's new and mm-hmm. surprising and like. They were like, you know, you'd be like, you like, you know, Daimyo would log on, and me and you, like, Daimyo, have you done Whisper? And he's like, I haven't heard about it yet. What is it? And we'd be like, yo, come check this out. And we'd go do Whisper with him, and it'd be like, holy shit, it's so cool. Right. We'd run it again to get like the catalyst set up for them, and like we do like the um, what was Whisper's puzzle even? You had to do something. It was with, the um, um, the oracles. Yes, the oracles. Wasn't from, it? Yeah, because yeah, you could actually log into Destiny One, I think, to look at those oracles. The pattern they did. The pattern they did to take it over to Destiny 2, which I thought was fucking cool. That was, like, one of the coolest yeah. moments in Destiny. Oh, look, um, even even old school, like, even your background, the sleeper simulant was one of those guns where, like, you had to find out puzzles, remember? Like, you had to go in that special room, and then the enemies would spawn one at a time in a pattern, and you had to decipher why they were doing that. There was, like, a whole mystery to it, and that doesn't happen anymore. Like, 
Every time an exotic comes out, it's never buried in a cool lore thing or hidden in a cool mysterious place with the new stuff to unlock it or puzzles mm -hmm. to solve. You don't get Wrath of the Machine puzzles anymore. You don't get, like, all these cool tricks to do. It's just like, right. even back in the day with, like, King's Fall, when that first came out, you had, like, you ran around his ship and you found all these cool thing, hidden places to do things. Like, Warmind had those things to open that had an exotic sparrow and a sword tied to it. Yeah. You don't get any of that shit anymore. You do the six-man ball activity. You do pinnacles. You do Grandmaster Nightfalls. Great. With the same shitty champion mechanics I don't like. It's like, I can't escape it. I hate that mechanic. And it's like, to play that stuff, you have to do that mechanic. And I fucking hate it. I don't want to yeah. use guns that, like, I don't want to sit there, oh, oh, handguns have a fucking um, perk that's, uh, that has, like, the barrier, barrier disruptor on it for, like, barrier champions. It's like, I fucking hate handguns. Like, why am mm -hmm. I using a fucking handgun? Um, yeah, I remember like having to use one of them was like sidearm pulse rifle and then like bow. So I had to like wear, I had to go into like a fucking strike with you guys wearing like a heavy bow, like the fucking Leviathan's breath, plus like right. a sidearm, plus like a pulse rifle, like yeah. Graviton Lance or something. Which, fine, Graviton's not awful, but my, my loadout had to be Graviton Lance, a sidearm, and a fucking the Heaven's Leviathan's breath. Right. And it was like, what the fuck are we even doing with this? Like, I have to use shitty guns I don't want to use. And on top of the guns I don't want to use, I, my armor now has all a bunch of slots filled with mods that let me use those guns to be champion mechanics. And I don't want to do that either. So instead of a build that I enjoy, I'm missing stats or perks that I like. And I'm using guns I don't like to do a mission that, like, what am I even doing at this point? Like, I'm playing the game in a way that's not fun in multiple reasons for me now. Mm -hmm. And it's just to kill dudes that also aren't fun to engage with. They just have shields. They just have, like, annoying-ass shields that I have to shoot them with the right gun. This is, like, elements, but worse. Yeah. And I just... And elements are in the game. So, like, on top of everything else, I have to match elements, too. So, like, you go in... Yeah, you go in for, like, a Grandmaster Nightfall, and it's, like, champion mechanic and also uh, match play. And you're like, well, fuck. Like, how do I... Like, <laughs> okay, I have to match elements on top of this? Like, cool. Great, thanks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's... Ugh. The... I don't know. I just, we we could they, it could be better. We know it can be better. We, we talked we talked about games being fun when we talked about Sea of Thieves. This isn't fun. I don't want to feel like it's a job or a grind. Like some grind is great. I, I you, yeah. you've seen what I can do with with time on my hands. Um, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but when it it's starts, gotta be fun to grind. When it when it's not fulfilling anymore, and you're just doing the thing to get to a thing to get to a thing to get to a thing. What is that like? The, the whole the pattern chasing, then having time gated patterns, then having to level up the weapon, then crafting the weapon that you actually want with the right perks on, with RNG attached to that, and it just doesn't feel good. No, and it's like, and we've, and and again, you know, we talk about other games that have solved this problem. You look at stuff like Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy, I can play any dungeon in Final Fantasy, and maybe with the exception of the first few dungeons where it's just too like simple, and that's whatever. Like, I'll never queue into, like, any roulette with you guys and feel bad about what we get. Like, maybe it'll be like, oh, this is actually going to be really hard because it's new content. Or it'll be like, well, this is maybe kind of a slowish run because it's old content. But at no point is it like, oh, I really don't want to play this with you guys. This sucks. It's like, no, we're going to have a good time. It's fun. Right. It's engaging. And Destiny has content like that. The strikes are fun. The story campaign missions, especially on hard, are fun. Mm -hmm. But those are not what you do to get your pinnacles, and it's not what you do to progress in that game once you get to the end game. Correct. If if the pinnacle grind wasn't like do five matches of Crucible, do three matches in Gambit, 
Like, all this dumb shit that people don't want to do. Like, if it was like, okay, strikes, uh, campaign missions on hard, and you could do those. And, and there was, like, even just some slot protection where it was like, it would, I would, it would, it would not give you the three most highest light slots, or it would always give you the lowest, and therefore you would always get, like, a bump for every pinnacle you ever got. Mm-hmm. Fine. But, like, God, like, like, I cannot sit there, sign into that game, do five crucible matches, and be like, I hated every minute of this, and I got a helmet that was, like, that I eight, didn't need. You know, right. I got a helmet I didn't need. And then I go, about, okay, fine, I go to Gambit, I do three matches of Gambit, which is horrendous, and after the third match of Gambit, they're like, okay, here's your pulse rifle, and it's like, the pulse rifle goes in the slot my sunshot's in, and my sunshot's already my strongest weapon. Okay. And then, like, okay, I'll just go do three strikes. And then you go do three strikes, and it's like, well, uh, here's your thing. It was a helmet again. And you're like, I fucking got a helmet from Crucible. Like, okay. Yeah. And you just do that until you run out of options for your fucking pinnacles. And then it's like, all right, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. And it's like Tuesday. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll be back on Tuesday. Fucking stupid. Get out of here. <laughs> and it sucks, because the gunplay in Destiny is unparalleled, and the weapons and the abilities are fantastic. And you can have such a good time in that game if you're not trying to play the game, which is stupid. Right, exactly. Yeah, uh, and that's... Like, I envy my son, because I can hand my son the game and be like, go fuck around. And he'll have a million times better fun just fucking around than I'll have trying to get into, like, content. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I'll he never... just run on the surface and find like uh, you know find like things that are new to him and have a good time exploring that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's great. But then if I was like, here now you need to like grind these same types of games every week until you're high enough to get into like the hard version of the thing that you don't play anyway. And they're like, oh, okay, uh, I'll just I'm just gonna go back to Slime Rancher or something. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Well, because at least it's fun, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Slime Rancher doesn't be like, you, you have to catch 800 green slimes before you can go into the valley where the red slimes live. Like, fucking what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No and like you said, there's, there's some grind is fun. I think Final Fantasy has a great level of, like, chase. It makes me come back to the raids every week, and the raids are fun anyway, but it gives me that extra oomph to be like, yeah, I'm doing the raids because I'm getting tomes, and the tomes are important to, like, get my gear up. And, and we're doing it just to get stronger numbers, mostly. Right. Like, obviously, we wouldn't normally have the, the Crucible, the, not the Crucible, the Criterion Dungeons, a new thing. So without that, us grinding tomes is just having fun at that point. Because um, the 24-man raid is going to have the same level that we're already to get into the 8-man. Uh, so we didn't need to be getting tomes at all right now, but we're doing it anyway. Yep. Um, it's just fun, though. And that's the thing. The fact that we're going to walk out of, into the... We're going to walk into Criterion Dungeon the day it comes out because we'll be 615 already is a testament to the fact that we spent at least five weeks building up tomes because we were having fun playing the game regardless. Yeah. Well, that reminds me. We have to do, like, this week's stuff. <laughs> I know. I don't know how it's going to work. Oh, man. I'll see what I can figure out. Sure. You guys might have to just make sure you get your shit without me, and I might just have to catch up next week. That's fair. But we'll see. All right. Yeah. Well, let's move on. Um, as much as I'd love to mm-hmm. break about this all night, it's... Um, I just... It's been a build-up. I feel like I need to. We both need to get that off our chest because just yeah, it's just frustrating. Well, and you know, we keep circling back every three or four weeks and talking about this because it's something that they that it's it's like watching like what's a good what's a good an- analogy for this? Like it's like your favorite show going into like a, a pure filler arc, and you're like, sure. no, why are you doing this? Like I loved everything about this until now. Like it'd be right. like if Demon Slayer was like. They did the next season, we're getting the, the Sword Village. And then the season after that was, like, they went to a new continent and, mm-hmm. like, fought dudes at a beach, I guess. 
and you're like, were we supposed to go to the next part and finish the series? And they're like, no, and then we're doing like this whole arc now to like buy time for the, the next part. And it's like, no, none of this feels, it sucks. It's not written by the same people, so it feels different. It feels like, but you know, I mean, how many times you watch Naruto? I don't know, you probably don't, but like, uh, you watch stuff like Naruto filler, and it it just feels bad. Like, right. it's the same animation team, but it's like the writing and the directing is different. And like, you're like, they're making weird jokes. You never get these serious moments because there's no serious buildup because there's no like overarching plot impact. It's just we're fucking around for like a few weeks until later. Right. You know, so that just sucks. Um, yeah, I saw your message. I can do that. All What's right. our next thing? Um, let's. If you want to keep talking about Destiny for a minute, that'd be fine. <laughs> or Naruto, that's fine. Um, but oh, yeah, yeah. I just, like, yeah. The, the narrative choice, like it just seems like they're taking a hard left of the narrative choice in Destiny as well. Yeah, you know that's the, oh man, can we start on the narrative stuff? Like, okay, so let me just go for a second here. So we had. In the original Destiny, we had the four uh, the four races they gave us. Uh, there was the Vex, there was the Cabal, uh, there was the Hive, and there was... Ooh, why am I forgetting the fourth one? Whatever. So you had these four races, and like they, they introduced all of them to us very quickly, and then we had like run-ins with each of them, and then over the next several years, over the next few expansions, and over the next bits of content, the drips, like we kind of dealt with each of them individually to an extent, but we never really, like, got a full clear of any of them. I mean, I like how in Destiny 2 we're doing this thing where, like, you know, we've made friends with some Cabal, and we've made friends with some Fallen. Yeah, that was, it was the Fallen. That was the last one. Um, we've made, not friends with, like, Vex, but we have, like, encounters with Vex where they're just passive, I guess. We haven't really had that, like, inroad with the Vex where, like, we have some sort of faction of them that's, that's okay with us or anything like that. And I guess that's, maybe that's coming later, but that also feels like... I don't know. It, it feels like we need like a, a big bad villain, and maybe the Vex could be that down the road. But but obviously we have we have the uh, what's his name, the evaporating head man here, the witness, and it just that one just doesn't do it for me because it's like a whole unrelated thing that just they kind of shoehorned in after right. everything else. We had Oryx, we had big bad Vex that were going to be a problem. We had the Black Heart or the Black Garden, and then it was like it doesn't feel like we ever know. had like a major Vex villain that was like. Coming to a head no, with the Vex. And they keep telling us that the Vex is like the, the most dangerous of all of them by like a million, but then right. they're never, it doesn't happen though. <laughs> like, like, the thing is, too, is like we, we got accustomed to all these races. There was always like the theorized like fifth race that they had in um, like the concept art of like those, basically what the ghosts are that we're seeing, um, the floating things or whatever, the, flo the floating oh, yeah. people. And yep. that was like, it just never, that never really came to fruition. And then all of a sudden, like the witness is here, we don't know who he is. He's apparently he's been pulling the strings on this the whole time, and Savathun was actually the whole time trying to look out for us. By how? I that's the the whole time like they've we've been pitted against her, and then like the last hour yeah. of the game of the expansion, all of a sudden she's like, "Oh, we I've been trying, I've been looking out for your best interest this entire time." It's like what, dude? You know what that reminds well, me of? Did you ever play Final Fantasy IV? Oh man, yes. Okay, so you spend pretty much the whole game with Golbez as your antagonist. Mm -hmm. And, like, off and on it's Kane because Kane keeps getting mind-controlled by Golbez. Right, right, right. But, like, pretty much the whole game, it's like, yeah, we're dealing with Golbez in some capacity. He's going to be our big bad, yada, yada, yada. And then you get to the end of the game, and you beat Golbez, and he goes, 
oh, my head, like, what are we doing here? And you're like, that's what Kane just said when we got Kane out of your mind control for the third time. And he's like, what? And then, like, Zero Mist just fucking shows up, and he's like, I'm the big bad. And you're like, what? Oh, yeah. okay, that's fine, I guess. Then I guess we're fighting you now. That's what it feels like happened with The Witness. Or, like, the end of Nine. Nine, too, yes. Well, you get to the end of Nine, and Kuja was your big bad the whole game. And he wasn't just, like, an evil villain for evil's sake. He had a whole reason why he did it. He was scared of his existence ending. He was scared of dying. He thought he was immortal, and then he wasn't. And he was... His reality crashed around him. He had a mental break. Like, Mm -hmm. he was a good villain. He was well-written, and he was interesting. And then after you beat him, they're just like... Ah, look, it's me. Fucking... What was his name, even? Well, they did Garland, and then they did Necron. So, like, Garland was... A th- oh, I'm the guy yeah. pulling the strings. I've got the Invincible. I've been flying around. Right. I've been the uh, giant eye in the sky the whole time. That yeah, actually yeah. kind of made sense. They let him that kind of settle fun. in as a villain. But then at the very yeah. end, it was like, Necron. I'm like, what? <laughs> so- I feel like... Well, because, like, it's, it's well-written, because you have, like... Kuja is sort of, like... You almost have, like, Zidane and Kuja are, like, the Naruto Sasuke, where it's, like, mm-hmm. Sasuke went bad pretty early in the anime, and he stayed bad all the way till the end. And Well, and then at the end he turned again. He was good again. But, like, that was... It gave you a good running dynamic of, like, an antagonist that you could, like, have some sort of relatability to, because you could relate to him, like, wanting to do something with his life before he died, knowing he was on a timer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So even after they defeated Garland, you still had to deal with Kuja one last time, because Kuja was just losing his shit over like what happened and how he got screwed right and that's fair for him to feel like that and after you beat kuja um and then after necron there's like a scene where zidane goes back into the tree to get him they show him going back in the tree and he finds kuja and he protects him and then like you never see him again you assume you know they don't say what happened it's it's assumed that they both died and then later zidane shows up at the play for garna and you get your ending of the game and everything um that all was great you didn't have to have that Necron fight. You could have just had Kuja be the last fight. He freaks out. He burns all his power in one last blast trying to kill you guys. It doesn't work. And you're all outside, and you're like, thank God we beat Kuja. And then Zidane's like, I'm going back for him. And you have that moment still. Right. You didn't need fucking Necron to just show up and be like, I'm actually the bad because uh, death. Me likey death. Mm-hmm. And you're like, why, why is this a thing? <laughs> why couldn't you just have Kuja be the last fight? You already had multiple boss battles in a row at the end of the game. Why did you have to have the Necron fight? It makes right. no fucking sense. And that's what's happening with The Witness. When, when we did the whole ending, when I beat Witch Queen, because I was playing it by myself. You guys had already done it a while ago, and I was running it solo. Mm-hmm. And I got to the end of Witch Queen, and I fought Sabathun. Cool fight. Great. Beat her. Uh, and she's like, oh, haha, actually, JK, um, I was trying to do the good thing. And you're like, okay, I kind of saw that coming, but fine. So what? We have to deal with, like, the dark pyramid things and they're like yep it's actually the witness this is this big dude named the witness and i was like this sounds so stupid well, but okay hit me with it like they don't know what where they take it because it was like oh but pyramids are bad pyramids aren't so bad darkness is actually yeah. cool it's just all right. i use it wait no pyramids are bad darkness is bad again oh by the way uh, new new darkness uh subclass coming so another yeah, another element that we're gonna have to try to force to balance so right and then top of everything they were like oh yeah Sabathun bad and then when you beat her she's like haha not bad actually witness bad and you're like oh my fucking god right like and it'd be one thing to do that with some enemies and some things sure but like Sabathun's been like the biggest bad in like the game this whole time she had strikes from the base game she had strikes from D1 missions mm-hmm. from D1 that talked about her being a bad guy 
It'd be like having Oryx do a heel turn at the last second and become like a face and be like, oh yeah, I'm actually on your side. It'd be like, no, we don't do that with Oryx. You don't do that with these big bads that we've established as like just tauntologically evil. Like, and they established that with Sabathun right up until they were like, actually, she's clever and not evil. And you're like, oh my fucking God, here we yeah, go. Here, she's been looking out for you this whole time. It's like, come on. Yeah, um, I'm just not sold. Right. Well, and, and, and no, just, no, just no. I can't let witnesses' design walk away without commenting on how corny, fucking stupid it is to have this dude with the evaporating head be like this big threat. Nothing right. about that guy feels like it. Like nothing about him feels like villainy. Well, it's the thing: is he going to be a villain or is he going to be another anti-hero? Oh, and, oh my god! I swear to God, is he going to be? Oh, I I was just a a prop for the guy actually pulling the strings. It's like, how long is this, is this string? Yeah, we're gonna yeah we're gonna beat the traveler. We're gonna beat the witness, and on the witness's doorstep, he's gonna be like, "Actually, I was just trying to warn you that the the speaker is still alive and is bad now." And you're gonna be like, "Oh my god, the speaker! Remember the speaker!" And then we're gonna kill the speaker, and then on the speaker's last breath, he's gonna be like, "Wait, I have to warn you that there's actually a, I was just trying to stop an even more evil evil, which is uh, Gaul, who is <laughs> back again, again, again." Resurrected by Fed Church. Like, it was Fed Church yeah. this whole time. And then, yeah, and then we're, yeah, we're going to find out it was like the tea guy in the church making tea. Yeah, and he's right. like, oh, that was me. Like, my tea. Or like, yeah. And then, like, oh, and you beat that guy. And he's like, on his last dying breath, he's like, wait, I have to warn you, actually, uh, some someone reinstalled Cade 7, and he's bad now. Like, oh, my fucking God. Yeah. I can see him doing just, something like that. I think, I think after Lightfall. We're going to have to see what Lightfall does and then what Final Shape does. But if this keeps going the way it's going, I'm just going to, like, wash my hands of that game entirely and be like, you guys, give me a ring when Destiny 3 happens. Don't fuck that up, and we'll talk. Like, you right. make that game, like, make that game from the bottom up, work the way it's supposed to work, the way you guys want to work, plan for it ahead of time. I understand shit happened with Activision and it wasn't fair and all that shit got fucked up. But honestly, in my opinion, Witch Queen should have been a Destiny 3 by now. Or maybe even beyond light. They should have been just moved on, start from scratch, make everything make sense, make everything work, figure out how variables work. Like, fucking, come on. Like, carry you... over all the quality of life improvements. For yeah, carry all the quality of life over this time instead of Not. ditching them like the last time. And where the um, fuck is my sparrow horns? Yeah. <laughs> like, just make this game good like you guys want it to be. If you guys, if you guys have a good vision and a good direction for this game, then do it. Mm-hmm. Don't say, like, well, because of Activision, because we had this, because we had that, because of the engine. Like, no, just give us this bullshit. Just make Destiny 3, make it good. I don't, like, I don't know. I can only, like, I can only let them, like, they keep asking for a rope. And, like, I'm watching them tie the fucking knot. And I'm like, you guys need to, like, move on from this or you're going to end up hanging yourselves. Right. Yeah. Well, let us know in the comments uh, if you're a Destiny player and if uh, you're having issues with Destiny's burnout uh, or not. Let us know if you're a Destiny player and let us know why. (laughs) No doubt. All right, let's move on. (laughs) We still have uh, a good bit of show here to talk about real quick here. Um, So we have subscriber games for October. Like we talked about last week, they would probably get announced this week, and they sure did. Mm -hmm. Um, So first up, it's Games with Gold. Um, I don't know if they're even trying at this point. We have Windbound coming October first through the 30, uh, 31st, and then we have Bomber Crew Deluxe coming um, October 16th through November 15th. So, uh, 
uh, it's a forty-four ninety-eight dollar value or a forty-four dollar ninety-eight cent value. Um, um <laughs> so I'm I'm sorry. I actually I have normally I would have a gripe about this to begin with. I I don't know Windbound or Bomber Crew, so I can't exactly say like they could be great games for all I know. Can't Who knows? But can I just say like. Should should not October have had some kind of horror game? Maybe. I could. You, they could have squo- squeezed in like a Left 4 Dead. Well, I guess they're not doing 360 games anymore. But doesn't it feel like a no-brainer to put something scary on Games with Gold this month? You would think. Am I, am I just did I did I crack some marketing code that the execs at Microsoft couldn't figure out? Like maybe put scary game during Spooky Month. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So I mean. At this point, it just seems like this is a lot of effort for everyone, and obviously they're trying to drill this down in lieu of Game Pass. Um, yeah. We're, I think at this point, this is this is pretty low effort. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't really expect much coming out of uh, Games for Gold moving forward here, especially with the absence of like 360 games. And honestly, it was the 360 games that were kind of anchoring this service at all, because they had a pretty good catalog from the 360 to rely on, but now it's, yeah, now we have this. So yeah, let's, um, yeah, it's, it's getting to the point where it's like, I don't know. You, you think maybe like sometime in the next year games with gold just gets rolled into like, you now are a game pass subscriber. I, I yeah, I maybe they'll just call it like game pass basic or something like that or, or something. But at this point, um, it just, it's the question is why that's, that's where I'm at with this one. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're losing me here. Yeah. I, I just... it's Maybe it's just time to call it a day with Games of Gold. I don't know. Yeah, games of Old Yeller. <laughs> nice. It's my subscription service, Ma. I'll do it. <laughs> All right. Well, what do we have with Game Pass this week? Um, let's build a zoo. Despot's game and Valheim. Um, Valheim will be PC only. So we have cloud and console and PC for Let's Build a Zoo and console and PC for Despot's game. Um, the Valheim, I guess, is cool. Definitely check that out uh, at least a little bit. Um, it's kind of weird that it's only coming to PC. I don't see much advantage of that with it already being on Steam um, and it being a game that was... It's been out for quite a while now. Um, no, see, that bugs me. I was just going to say that bugs me because Valheim's not out yet still. It's, it's in like Steam's like in a beta. green light early access program. Right. But it's like, I hate when games do this, because it's like, hey, the game's like completely playable and purchasable, and we're going to be adding content to it. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're adding content to the game over time. It's still like on Steam for like a $20 purchase. Okay, fine. Hey, it's going to games with uh, Game Pass, which means it's like part of another paid service. And it's like, what about this isn't a released game then? Right. This, is just a, this is just a live service game. It's out. It's playable. It's purchasable for full price. Mm-hmm. And you're adding content to it over time. This is just a live service game. What do you mean it's an early access? Yeah. It, it just, that bugs me really bad. Yeah, I get mixed messages with this. Phasma was like putting out update after update and adding content, adding maps, adding items, and then they're still like, yeah, it's an early access. And it's like, when the fuck is it done then? Like, this right. game's going to be an early access for eight years, and then you're going to pull it when it's over. You're going to make, like, Valheim 2, because Valheim is done. And you can be like, yeah, I never left early access. It was a beta game for fucking eight years, and then we moved on to a sequel, which is in early access right now. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it's so stupid. Right. And, like, I think, like, Valheim's Thunder has since 
dissipated, I would say. I, I unless they do yeah. some kind of major update to like bring people back. Um like what 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 do they what do they have left to do? I, I don't know. They they're they're still working on uh like more content, but like they've added they added uh, a couple months ago like more stuff to the ice um like biome, like the ice caves you can find with like an ice dragon hmm. and more stuff to do there. But I remember we stopped playing because we got to the point in Valheim where it was like we got metal we couldn't use or something because it hadn't been implemented yet outside of just oh, making yeah. it. Um, in those like plains areas with the mosquitoes and the goblins, right. you could get like, a new type of metal and you could build like a special forge to forge that metal, but then that metal didn't have any recipes yet. So it was like me and Dark were like, I guess we can collect it and then make stuff when that comes out, but who knows when that is? So we right. just stopped playing. That. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm not even sure if they ever actually put any of that stuff out. I know they added stuff later for the for the ice expansion, not the ice expansion, but like the ice patch update thing. But I still don't know even if there's anything to do beyond what we've done already. I couldn't yeah. tell you. I just I remember the play loop just feeling kind of um, rough, especially when you got to like the part where we were getting to the planes, and like you get killed by something, and it's like good luck getting your gear back. <laughs> Dude, I went especially back and played. Solo. I remember. Like, Remember, like, four or five months ago, I think I mentioned, I went back and I started playing Valheim at night a bunch, mm -hmm. and I started a new file, and that's exactly what happened to me. I started a new file, I built a world, I was doing shit, I had a house and a village, um, I had portals up, and I was going places and doing things, and I got to the plains area for the first, I got to a new plains area for the first time in that file, got murdered by one of those fucking mosquitoes, despite the fact that I had, like, the best shit I could get at the time. I had all the armor like, metal armors and shield, and I was shielding, and I still got fucking oops off-screen murked by a mosquito. Mm -hmm. um, and then I spent, like, the next night, like, I think I, like, I ran back to try to get my shit, and I spent the next, like, couple hours of that night doing death runs, trying to pick up my shit. Like, That's sometimes I get close enough to grab my stuff, and then I didn't have time to put it on before I get murdered, so I'd have sure. to grab my stuff and just start sprinting with it. But then that doesn't work because you're not wearing the belt to make your, your like... Uh, carry um, limit high enough, mm -hmm. so like you're like slow or whatever. Fucking everything about it was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then I finally got all my shit back, and then it was like, oh, it was such a pain though. So you just spent the and whole then I never, I didn't, I like, got anywhere. Well, and then I spent a couple, I spent that whole night doing that, and then the next night I got on, and it was like, oh, I didn't do anything last night. That feels bad. So then I went back to the plains area, like found a couple things, got in a fight with like a bunch of goblins, and ran from them. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I got mosquito killed again on my way out of the plains, and I was like, "You fucking kidding me?" Yep. Yeah. That's... And then I had to go back and get my shit again, and then I got my shit, came back home, and I was like, "I don't know what to do anymore. I don't want to explore the plains like now, and I don't want to do anything else now. Like I just, I don't want to do any of this anymore. I'm all set." Well, that's, <laughs> like... well, that's where I got to the point where it's like, if I play any of this by myself and I die, I'm basically waiting for someone to get back online to take me over there, and who wants to yep. do that? That's that could be an hour run. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Not to mention, like, going out in the ocean and, like, I made a boat, and I went out in the boat, out in the ocean, it was like, a fucking ocean dinosaur murdered your boat <laughs> with you on it, which means that your shit just fell into the ocean. Uh -huh. yeah, and you're like, oh, yep. okay, great, I totally have duplicates of all my important shit at home, because that's, yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> and that's another thing that sucks about that kind of game, is, like, it feels so bad to, like, die, and then they're like, yeah, well, all the good shit you had was on there. Killer gave some solid advice, though. Just don't die. Just don't die. Yeah. Well, because, like, you remember how it was with the game. The way the game's progression is tied to, like, the, the gear you can make. 
And um, you can end up in a situation where you're kind of stuck because, like, if you get the, the deer antler thing to make the pick and then you die and you lose that pick somehow, you have to go kill that deer boss again to get that pick. Like, or if you somehow lose the key for the, the swamps or whatever, like, the swamp gates, well, okay, that sucks. You don't have the key to get in anymore. And it's like, oh, I have to go recover my body because I need the key to get in the swamps or else my progression is gone. And the only thing I do to fix the progression loop would be to go back and murder the boss, which I don't, half the time you can't even do. You have to, like, go, yeah, you can resummon it, but, like, what, I'm going to resummon the boss, re-kill the boss to make up my lost progression? That feels shitty. Mm-hmm. Like, if the kind of stuff we... we laugh at, over at that point. Well, it's like, we, we laugh at stuff like, um... What is it? We, we, uh... Fuck, what is it called? Was it, was it New World had that problem? Where, like, when you want to go in the raids again, it would burn yeah, materials yeah, all and you had to re-farm? Right. Like, no, that's stupid. Yeah. I don't like it. Alright. Same problem with Destiny. I don't want to have to grind light every time. I want to go back. You know, the new season starts, and it's like, oh, you're locked out of Nightfall. It's like, okay, I don't want to have to re-grind shit for this. No doubt. Yeah. All right. Well, we got PlayStation Plus games up this month as well. Um, Let's take a look at those real quick here. We have Hot Wheels Unleashed, uh, Injustice 2, and Super Hot. Uh, again, not I wouldn't say a stellar month for subscription games in general, um, but I think this is kind of like the, the calm before the storm because obviously we have a lot of holiday releases coming around the corner. Um, so I'd expect things to get a little bit spicier um, the next month or so, especially towards the end of November into December. I, I think we'll see uh, a pretty pick up, a pretty big pickup because um, obviously these game services are going to be competing as well on top of game sales. So um, yeah, well, I mean. We'll see. Uh, obviously, we do have a great opportunity here to uh, pick up on um, our back catalog, that's for sure. So, uh, speaking of back catalog, let's take a look at upcoming releases here. Um, Dakar Desert Rally, that's coming out on the Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation, I'm sorry, Xbox, PlayStation 1, Xbox One, PlayStation 4 and 5, um, Switch and PC, that'll be coming out October 4th. Overwatch 2, of course, uh, Xbox Series X and S on Xbox One, PlayStation 4 and 5, Switch and PC. That will be coming out October 4th as well. Um, That's cool. Yeah. That I didn't be... know it was that close. Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, Death vs. Let It Die will coming to be, be coming to PC October 5th. And two big ones for the Switch, uh, Near Automata and No Man's Sky. Both games that are like, I can't believe huh. they got these on the Switch. Um, I, I read some reviews and um on near automata and they're basically saying that this is like we don't know how they got this on the onto the um onto the switch so near automata coming october 6th and we have no man's sky dropping october 7th um dude so fucking yokotaro is a madman that's how <laughs> that's fair so yeah i'll be definitely like interested to see um let's see some gameplay of that online to see where where both of those games because i mean i no man's sky unfortunately for the switch is going to be an offline experience um, yeah. So I'll be interested to see what the scale of that game is. But near automatic coming to the Switch is pretty impressive. Um, yeah, absolutely. Then let's talk about gaming history. Uh, this week in gaming history, we have a shit ton of games here. Um, Super Smash Brothers on the 3DS came out eight years ago. Pokemon Black and White on the DS ten years ago. Castlevania Lords of Shadow came out on the PS3 and Xbox 360 12 years ago. Uh, Demon Souls on the PS3 came out 12 years ago. Castlevania Dawn of Sorrows came out on the DS 17 years ago. 
Uh, Mega Man 4 on the GBA came out 17 years ago. And then Mega Man, I'm sorry, Mega Man 04 and Mega Man 03, respectively, came out on the Game Boy Advance 18 years ago. So about a year apart there. The Nokia yeah. N-Gage, um, if you remember the, the the phone taco that you talked into the side of and played games on, that came out 19 years ago. Um, oh my god. Beautiful Joe, uh, one of the best GameCube games to date, uh, came out 19 years ago. Time Splitters 2 came out on the PlayStation 2 20 years ago. Castlevania Symphony of the Night came out on the PlayStation 1 25 years ago. Earthworm Jim on the SNES came out 28 years ago. Uh, 29 years ago, the 3DO console launched. Uh, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest um, came out 30 years ago. And that was uh, that was a game explicitly on the box. It said this is a starter intro to RPGs, and people expected it to be the next Final <laughs> Fantasy 5 and 6. And yeah. It was like, it says right in the box. I don't know what you want. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Mortal Kombat The Arcade came out 30 years ago. Um and Maniac Mansion on the Apple II and Commodore 64 came out 35 years ago. So that is definitely a big-ass list there, which is kind of a contrast to what we're seeing as far as release. It looks like um, years ago, this is actually kind of like a pivotal week for game releases, as uh, <coughs> not so much right now. <coughs> it could be just because it's a slow year in, in gaming in general. Um, so that's pretty much the show this week. You, you all right over there? Yeah. Okay. Um, um, I just, I just—it's a long story, but um, okay. do you remember? I don't, you probably didn't like. Were you like an MTV guy back in the day? Uh, partially. Okay. The the phone just reminds me. There was a there was a video, a music video. Mm-hmm. Um, I I forget who it was. Uh, it was a girl singer made a music video. And the music video's premise was like that, like her man ditched her or wouldn't respond to her, so she went out to the club and had fun and yada yada. I don't fucking know. Um, but like, she opens it up. The video opens up with her like with her phone, and it's kind of like that phone, but it was like a Nokia like like the slide phones, mm-hmm. you know, where you could like had a keyboard, yeah, with yeah. a fucking QWERTY keyboard. And she like flips her phone open and she's texting all angry. And they show her screen for a couple seconds, and she's in Microsoft Excel typing, like, a text message to no one and being like, why aren't you answering your phone? And then she, like, closes her phone and she's like, ugh, and then she, like, leaves and, the, the like, the song starts. And it fucking, every time I see that, like, that phone, like, that Nokia one, it reminds me of that fucking music video where she was using Microsoft Excel to, like, text her boyfriend. And oh, fucking no. died. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to see if I can find, like, a GIF of it or something, but it's incredible. Good stuff. Oh, man. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. <laughs> I I couldn't even tell you what music video that is. I I wouldn't even know where to start. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I'd have to look. So like it's the funny as shit, like the the um the enhance like the in shot was just like someone on Excel as a prop. It was it was someone in Excel fucking oh, typing the message. Yeah. Oh, it was Kelly Rowland. Yeah, it was Kelly Rowland using Microsoft Excel in a music video like fucking way back in the day or something. <laughs> nice. Oh my god. Fair Yo, enough. if you look up, if you type in Kelly Rowland, her her first and last name, uh-huh. Google Google automatically adds Excel to it. Nice. I love it. Yep, there <laughs> it is. And it's the first fucking meme that comes up. Remember when Kelly Rowland left her boyfriend for Nelly because he didn't respond to a text that she wrote in Excel. <laughs> wow. I could, I uh, just that always makes me like, makes me laugh. Gotta love it. God. 
All right, I'll, I'll shoot it over to you, yeah. <laughs> well, that is our show this week. Um, of course, we will be back next Sunday with another episode of the Super Scope Podcast. Next week will be 49, and then 50 will be our last one on Twitch. So, um, yeah, keep in mind, we will be moving to YouTube October 30th, and the 23rd, we will be off to uh, prepare and at least take a little bit of a break, too. So, um mm-hmm. Of course, again, find us at Game Dude Retro on Twitter. Uh, that's where you can find me. The Super Scope Cast on Twitter is where you can find this show, and Retro Game Dude on Twitch and TikTok. Um, hopefully, we'll be putting some more content on TikTok moving forward. Um, and then don't forget Spooky Games Month. We'll be streaming on Tuesdays and Wednesdays some spooky games, and of course, every Saturday will be Jackbox and. We do have a new Jackbox pack coming out at the end of the month. I completely forgot about that. Uh, but we'll yep. be streaming that um, at least this Saturday following its release. So um, we'll be here for it. All right. Well, that's going to be our show for this week. And we will see you again next Sunday while we do this all over again and talk about gaming news and reviews and rumors and all that good stuff. It's not that I got too many rumors next time. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, you switched to, you heard it here first. No one's called that before. It's true. Good night indeed. Thank you, Claire, for hanging out in the audience. Appreciate you. Um, and thanks for you know helping out and doing stuff behind the scenes. We always appreciate it. And we'll see you on Final Fantasy here shortly, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Have a good night, guys. 